Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Now, 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 that, that, that don't kill me, can only make us stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now, that's how long I've been on ya. Yeah, but Jimmy, uh, man, it is Red versus Blue is back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red versus Blue Friday Night Football. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. I am Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, usually joined by the big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent, but he is working at the bar tonight. Maybe he'll check in if we're unlucky with the, uh, the uh, ever-famous cell phone issues. Uh, but I've got a better co-host tonight. A better, more well-rounded in the fantasy world. You know, Mike. Mikey likes to take some risks and take some shots, and you know he's more interested in the in the uh, the, the aluminum cans and the glass bottles on the on the desk. And we know a lot of people like that. Tonight, I have a special treat for you. My co-host for the evening, Red versus Blue, Jim Day, Fantasy Taz. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to watching this draft unfold and give us a chance to make some comments about it. This is the Red vs. Blue show brought to you by Full-Time Fantasy. Proud to be part of this new Full-Time Fantasy podcast network. I'll tell you, it's been a while. I didn't realize it's season 11, episode 283. The draft is already underway. I'm going to get everybody caught up on what this draft is. This is an online championship, $299 to enter, $50,000 grand prize, over 2400 in league prizes. And we've already got the draft off. I see a lot of green on the draft board already. Uh, from where I'm sitting, I'm, I'm sitting in the control center here at full-time pods and it's five running backs off the board. Not really a big surprise this year, Jimmy. I'm seeing a lot of drafts. First half of the, of the first round is all green, all running backs. Yeah. And that's how it's going to be for a lot of it. Those, uh, you know, everybody's been thinking the top four, but within the last two weeks, David Johnson has really started to solidify that number five spot. And we've seen that more and more, so we're starting to get to a point where, you know, I, I think most still consider the top four, and that's, of course, Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey, and Kamara in any order as the top tier. And then, you know, everybody's behind that. But I think right now, and as we get closer to the season, I think we're going to see David Johnson more ensconced as that number five, and we're going to have a five-tier first running back look. And anyway. I, and, and, and you may be right. I think that's a huge mistake. We'll talk about that too. I'm not trusting David Johnson. I don't care what they're doing to the offense, what, who they brought in for quarterback. I have watched him the last couple of years. Yes. He's a volume hog. Yes. That's how he gets his numbers. 50 catches. You can't argue with that. 250 carries, 940 yards for 258 carries. That was a lot of box stacking. I get it. Maybe he still has it. Maybe he's still gonna, I'm just not spending a number five pick on David Johnson. Not going to do it. 
I'll take stud wide receivers before I take David Johnson. You would have to keep pushing that draft board all the way to the right before I'll take a David Johnson. Uh, but that's just me. Now, I want to uh, shout out to everybody at the, in the chat room already, the crew, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football have always joined us in the chat room. Henry Muto, Lance, Taz is in there, the power hour. Uh, it's, it's always fun to, have a, uh, but, but I, to be in the chat room, but I have heard rumors that the chat room will give you an error message saying something like the room is full. Just keep trying, keep refreshing. You'll eventually get in and get into that chat. I know they've been bugging uh, Blog Talk for uh, months about that issue, but it does eventually let you in. But we're, we're proud to be back. And look, season 11, episode 283, this is a really exciting draft because, first of all, Kirk Kikis, one of the top players in the world, shouts out to Kirk Kikis. It's his birthday today. Want to wish him a very happy birthday. He is the defending champ of the Red versus Blue online championship. So, Kirk, hopefully maybe he can call in tonight. We can talk to him. We'll have Dr. Roto on at, at 920, Adam Ronas at 940. We've got the fantasy executive himself, Corey Parson, jumping in in the second hour. And by then, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be pretty well-rounded about this draft and figure out what's going on. Uh, I also have to mention some of the other participants in this, in this draft, Jimmy, some of the best players in the world. We're going to start running them down real quick. Evil Empire from the one hole, Anthony Vargas. He takes Ezekiel Elliott. The unknown comic number two, that's Tom Northrup taking Christian McCaffrey. Can't complain about that. He's my number one pick in the draft. Idiot, Jonathan Anderson. That's I-D-E-E-O-T. That's how he spells his team name. Jonathan Anderson with the three pick gets Saquon Barkley at three. Jimmy, I don't think uh, he was probably sitting at three thinking he was going to get Saquon Barkley to start this draft. No, I don't think so either. You know, most people expect Barkley to go off one, very least two. But again, I, those top four are pretty much interchangeable for me. Yeah, look, we've seen it happen, uh, and 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 it just it just pick your pick your poison there, pick your flavor. I think there's you know there's a lot to like about all three of those picks. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Mister Pink, Andrew Palermo, the 2018 runner-up and the 2015 runner-up. He's been close, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Maybe this is the year. He takes Alvin Kamara at four. Love that pick. Number five, Bada Bing, Jim Scarnati is in this year. Hasn't been in red versus blue. He is taking the David Johnson. And, and you know, I'm a little hard on him, but guess what? It's still David Johnson. You're getting a stud running back. Don't uh, don't get too bent about my uh, your draft just because I say it. Just because I say it doesn't really mean anything at all. What do I know? You guys are the winners. Spies and Trolls, number six, Richard Mallon takes DeAndre Hopkins. And I think this guy is... Is, is playing double duty I saw I think he jumped into our red versus blue number two also we have red versus blue number two in the draft lobby and we're going to be wa- talking about that draft board here in a little bit as well uh, daily double Jerry Bryant has the seven pick he is the 2016 runner-up and he took Michael Thomas at seven Jimmy have you noticed a little bit of uh of players falling out of love with Michael Thomas this year I thought the way he's been playing the last couple of years would make him like a top three wide receiver. But a lot of drafts, I'm saying that he's not in the top three, sometimes not even in the top five. You know, everybody's worried about how much Breeze is going to throw the ball. We saw his numbers really fall off the last couple of years. And, you know, people are worried about that. You know, when you, you got a quarterback that normally throws for 600, you know, attempts a year, and all of a sudden he's throwing in the high 400s, that's a big difference. And people are concerned about that. But when you have somebody as talented as Michael Thomas, you know, he's going to get his no matter what's going on. 
Yeah, I think so. And 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 Breeze has a lot of motivation after what happened last year, late in the season, seeing how that happened. Something tells me that people are maybe underestimating what Drew Breeze might bring to the table this year, just on pure attitude alone. Sometimes these veteran players, they just take it in them and they they say, you know what, let's have another one of those seasons. Let's have another one of those. I don't know that it's going to happen, and I know, and I like a lot of quarterbacks before Drew Brees, but I tell you what, I think I'd be I feel pretty okay if if he ends up being my QB one. It's Drew Brees. Uh, number eight is red, blue, purple. That's David Mora. He comes in and takes Le'Veon Bell with the RB six off the board with the nine pick. Uh, I'm sorry, with the eight pick. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Devonte Adams. My bad. Devontae Adams is the number three wide receiver off the board for red, blue, purple. David Moore, sorry about that, David. Uh, Devontae Adams, a lot of people's consensus number one wide receiver this year because of what we've seen him do on the field and, and not a lot of competition for targets. I mean, you've got an aging uh, Jimmy Graham out there, and you've got uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Geronimo Allison, a couple of other young players, a couple of backs. There's a lot to like about Devontae Adams and investing a, a pick. It feels pretty safe to me, Jimmy. Oh, I believe it is. Look, he he was the most consistent wide receiver in the league last year. I mean, he always put up good points each and every week. He didn't let you down at all. Uh, I, I absolutely think, he, if not the first one, I could absolutely see somebody making a case for Hopkins. So if he's not the first one off the board, to me, he's almost always the second. Yeah. Yeah, Adams has to be considered up there near the top. Let's keep looking, uh, running down the front, uh, the back end of the draft here. Black Lab, Daryl Hodges with the nine. He's the one that took Le'Veon Bell with the RB6. Lots to talk about about Le'Veon Bell. We don't know how he's going to get along with Adam Gase. There's already concerns there that he, that he is. I'll tell you, I'll t- I told a friend this. I'm not going to regurgitate the stuff that everybody's heard uh, because we've, we all know what's going on with Bell. He's with the New York Jets. He's in the Big Apple he has a lot to prove now. He held out for that year. I think he wants to show the world that it was worth it, that it was the right thing. Now, will Adam Gase use him like a workhorse? Will he actually have the desire to be a workhorse? Or will he be the guy that's wanting to come out and, and rest and have kind of a diva personality about him? There's a lot of questions about Bell. I think he's going to give it everything he's got. Maybe that's just a fan in me. Uh, but I think he's going to give it everything he's got and stay on the field and want to be on the field. Are you feeling the same way that I am, or do you think there's going to be a little bit more rotation on, in that backfield uh, with, with some of the other guys? I'm not really worried so much about the rotation. I'm worried about everything around him. Um, okay. First of all, you know, he doesn't have that great offensive line in front of him anymore. True. He doesn't have any other real weapons, that you know, anywhere uh, near uh, the caliber. Uh, 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 Wait, wait, wait. Anywhere near okay. the caliber he okay. had on Pittsburgh. It's true. Uh, true. You know, I like Robbie Anderson. Don't get me wrong. I like Robbie Anderson. I like a Love couple of Robbie. their other receivers, but they're nothing compared to what he was had before. Okay. Um, Fair. And then, you know, he, he's also got a, a young quarterback who's still learning the position as opposed to a multi-year Pro Bowl quarterback, probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. All of this stuff really starts to, to give me pause. And then the fact that he's coming off a, a full miss year. I mean, I know it was his choice to do it, all of that, but guys, right. when they come, when they've missed that much time, when they come back, it almost always leads to some kind of early, you know, soft tissue damage that he has to deal with. And that scares me a little. I just can't see taking him in the first round. I know he's talented. I understand that. But, you know, you got to wonder how much of it was the system in Pittsburgh because oh, it now. doesn't matter who they wait, – wait, it doesn't matter who they slap in there. Everybody does well in that system. And 
James Conner did better last year before the injury than Le'Veon Bell had done in any single season that he played with Pittsburgh before that. Conner's numbers across the board were better than Bell's. So where would you take where, – where are you suggesting, with all that commentary and all that analysis, are you putting him in the tier behind these guys that we just saw go off the board in the second round, like behind the Chubbs and Gurleys and Cooks? Or are you putting no, him right about where he was drafted today? No, I don't like him in the first round at all. I, I'll take okay. him, you know, in the mid, you know, middle of the second round on, I would take him. But I, I really – I don't trust him in the first round. I'm really getting to the point where I really don't trust – many of the running backs going in the second round right now. I mean, I okay. love Cook, but the injury history yeah. is there. Fournette, I, I don't love Fournette, no. but if he stays healthy, he's a damn good running back, um, no. and they should use him a lot. So if he stays healthy, gives you 16 years, he could be a beast. But the injuries are there. So, you know, there's a lot of guys in this range that cause me concern. Gurley is another one. I love Gurley. I'm still back in Gurley, but a lot of people feel the same way about him that, that I feel about Bell. 2017, Gurley, Bell, Hunt, Kamara, Ingram. 2018, McCaffrey, Barkley, Gurley, Kamara, Elliott. Only two of those top five repeated, and that's pretty much a trend. You get like two of the top five coming back. I think some of those second rounders will be potential top five players, specifically Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb. I think both of them can be top five and maybe top five because, look, it's kind of hard to string together two fantastic seasons back-to-back from the running back position. you got to have offensive line help. you got to need, You really need your quarterback back there. And you have to stay healthy and get through everything to have that type of season to go back-to-back like that in the top five. Dalvin Cook, if healthy, can be a top five running back. Nick Chubb, if healthy, can be a top five running back. There's two of them right there that I would be – I am really ecstatic to draft I'll in the early part names. of the second round. I'll mm-hmm. give you two more names. I think have that okay. possibility as well. Joe Mixon. Cincinnati, I think absolutely could have a top five. He's a first rounder, Jimmy. Uh, I, 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 at, at the end of the first round, absolutely agree with you. Okay. Absolutely yeah, yeah. agree he, with you. Um, I, I would take him. I would take him one, before David Johnson. I would take him before David Johnson. See, I, I, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I can look. I, I still like David Johnson. That that whole offense last year was just. They didn't have a clue what they were doing. They were just off all year. I'm not going to put that on David Johnson. We know what this kid can do. And if this offense, this spread offense, is anywhere near as good as people are betting on because Kyler Murray is still, you know, he's being drafted as a top-10 quarterback. You got all these weapons at wide receiver now. So if this offense is anywhere near as good and as spread as it looks to be, then David Johnson is going to have the holes galore. And if you give him any kind of room to work with, he's going to tear you up. I don't care who you are. Okay, that's. I mean, that's 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 one opinion. I mean, he averaged four <laughs> yards well, a carry. I'm only one in, guy. I'm yeah, a big he, he guy, averaged, but I'm only one guy. <laughs> yeah, you're one. You get you get one. Mm-hmm. I get one. He, he got four yards a carry in what 2016. I don't know. Uh, we, you know, obviously we had the injury in 2017 last year. You know how many yards of carry he had? What, what, 260 carries for 940 yards? I mean, I'm not a math major, but that sounds like about 3.6. So, so you're asking a lot of improvement just because they bring in – I mean, everything changes because the – I, the, the coaching doesn't change every the personnel and everything about it. So I don't. We'll see what happens. I'm not spending that high of a pick. But that, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hash that out over and over. We could get stuck on it. Let's finish up the first round here. Uh, we've got 
Number 10, Canadian Geese Blaine Para. This is the player everybody here in FFWC and everybody in the chat room at the crew. By the way, there's shout out to a sports betting man. First ever Bongers Club draft in Vegas at the Real World Suite this year, brother. James Connor is Blaine Para's pick at the 10 pick. The reason why I say everybody's watching Canadian Geese, Jimmy, he won in 2015. He won in 2016. And he won in 2017. It's very difficult, if not impossible, to see in the high-stakes world a player win three straight years at this type of competition. And look, last year, uh, his draft, Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, Tyreek Hill, he took a shot with Rojo, Jimmy Graham, Russell Wilson, went with that combo, Evan Ingram, Marlon Mack. It was a good team, but there were a few misses in there that really, you know, put the whole thing on ice AJ Green in the second pick and Rojo with the fourth pick and, and, and that that'll do you in but three years prior to that the champ he took J- James Connor he's playing into your role which is hey top three offensive line with Pittsburgh you plug in James Connor you let the dude go um and all you gotta do is be patient that's what Le'Veon Bell was most patient back in the league in the Pittsburgh offensive line he he excels there James Connor with the seventh running back on the board over Joe Mixon, my pick there, my pick would have been Joe Mixon, but he takes James Conner, so it's going to make me rethink James Conner a little bit because <laughs> I typically I typically have him at the back, right at the back or the turn in the first round. Hey, well, I'm feeling good about Gurley because he took him in the second, about right where I would take him, so I'm good with that. Um, yeah, I have a little tiny bit of hesitation with Conner, but not as much as a lot of people seem to be. You know, I, when, when he came out and said, oh, you know, we're – we're going to spread the ball around. You know, everybody's going to have their piece. People went nuts. And, I, you know, I, all I could think of is who cares what he says? We don't – it doesn't matter what he says. He's trying to be a team player and say what he's supposed to say. It doesn't matter. They don't use a bunch of people. They use one guy. And right now that guy is James Conner until he gets hurt. Yeah, look, he's uh, there's a little controversy about it. What, what type of backfield you're going to see there. you got Jalen Samuels. You've got a – Pittsburgh team that some people I'm not going to say who some people think this is chaos for the Pittsburgh Steelers he the, the head coach he hasn't been able to handle things with the uh, with the offensive star power uh and 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 it's resulted in a locker room mess you've got Ben Roethlisberger probably playing maybe a, a little too long some people say but Mike Tomlin has issues on his hands if he doesn't get this team back to the playoffs Will Ben Roethlisberger get back to the playoffs? I said it last year, and I took a lot of heat on Twitter. I said, you know, look, uh, this is it was it was the late it was the, I think it was a Monday night game, and Pittsburgh was getting. I said it, it's over. That's that's Ben Roethlisberger. He's not getting back to the playoffs. There's no scenario that I can see that he gets back. And you know, of course, uh, it, it was it's just who knows what what's going to happen with Pittsburgh maybe they rebound they're a very resilient organization you got to give that ownership a lot of credit some of the smartest owners uh in the NFL so we'll see what happens there but yeah James Conner Todd Gurley people take notice if you were thinking about holding on Todd Gurley and not drafting Todd Gurley because of the arthritis and the knee issues and the worries Canadian geese blame parrot guy who won this league 3 years in a row from 15 16 and 17 took Todd Gurley with no problem at the 2 3 Finally, the last two picks in the first round. Havelin is Kurt Keekis, the 2018 champion. Happy birthday, Kurt. One of the top three players in the world, arguably. 
him and Mike Santos have won at every possible level that has been created and invented for high-stakes fantasy football. They've won leagues. He takes Julio Jones. Now, Jimmy, there's a lot of wide receivers there, and there's a lot of love for Odell Beckham. There's a lot of love for Juju Smith-Schuster. But with those other three running backs off the off those three wide receivers off the board, Kurt takes Julio Jones. And after last year, people have always been worried about Julio. Hey, he catches a lot of balls, but he, he never gets in the end zone. He had eight touchdowns last year, 113 catches, 1,677 yards, and 10 games over 100 yards. So is this a sign of things to come with Julio? Or was that sort of like a, a swan season for him as he goes into his 30s and you bring in the Calvin Ridley of the world? No, I don't think he's done yet. I'm not ready to believe that. He hasn't shown any signs of decline at all. And you mentioned those eight touchdowns. Of course, we all know that was all in the second half of the season because yes. in the first half of the season, he wasn't it catching was the, anything, which it was the made same, it a right. big deal. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So, you know, obviously he, he's not anywhere near ready to be done yet. I, I get the, the love for Calvin Ridley. I do. But, you know, Julio Jones is still the guy. And, yeah. you you know, Ridley is, is going to be a good up-and-coming player, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. t- 10 touchdowns as a rookie. Kid had a great year. Uh, once he gets to be more, you know, um, even out every game where he's putting in decent numbers every game as opposed to the really big games and the really nothing games, then we'll start to see him take up, you know, get to that place where he can take over. He's just not there yet. You know, uh, the league is changing and everybody has to take note of this. It could get even more so this year. The league is changing. And one thing I want to point to, you know, in 2016, the most receptions for any receiver was Antonio Brown uh, with 106. I'm sorry, Larry Fitzgerald with 107. He snuck on. He snuck down there. That was a lot of receptions for a receiver, right? In 2017, Jarvis Landry with 112 catches was the leading wide receiver. And in 2018, yes, Julio Jones has 113 catches, but there were six receivers that had 110 catches or more, including Michael Thomas, who had 125. So the league, the league is changing, and you're seeing tight ends, Jimmy, with 110 catches, 116 for Zach Ertz, 103 for Kelsey. So the league is changing, and there's no stopping that upward trajectory, trajectory for wide receivers. It's pro- it, 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 it may even become more of a passing lead than last year, which was a record-breaking year. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it has all that looks. We saw that with the coaching hires. You know, everybody making fun of it, but teams going out there trying to look for that new McVay, that new, you know, offensive innovator that's going to take it to the next level. Heck, you know, we talked about it with Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, never been a head coach in the NFL. All of a sudden he's a head coach, slam, bam. He changes out the quarterback on his whim. He wants his guy. He goes, gets him. Uh, You know, it's just, it's going to be that way. They want to make it, you know, uh, a pass heavy league, at least for yep. now, you know, it's cyclical. It always changes, but right now they're getting into that pass heavy. They want to be, you know, moving that ball around and trying to create as much, mis- as many mismatches as they can. Uh, our, our guest is about to come on for the program. I'm sorry. I've had you on hold uh, for a minute here. Hub city FFC rounds out the, the first round with the 12 pick Phil Hartledge, the 2017 runner up Jimmy. So he's no slouch. And he takes Joe Mixon, my man, at the end of the fifth of the end round, comes back with Juju Smith-Schuster. It's a great combo. Let's bring on our guest for this hour. You know the, you know who it is. Uh, you got to get out the insurance cards. You get out the copay. It's Dr. Roto. Doc, 
uh, do you have this draft board? What are you seeing? Because I know you like to talk about team construction. It's so important. You've excelled in the online championship. You're always in the top ten, it seems like, at the end of the year. What about this competition? How do you win in this thing consistently? Well, <laughs> you know, you gotta you got to do your work. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy because you got a lot of great people out there. And this draft is tough. I'm watching these people. And I really like some of these picks. Julian Edelman with the fifth pick in the third round. I think that's ballsy, but I like it. You know, Jerry taking a shot at uh, Melvin Gordon round two. You know, we, uh, what if he doesn't play this year? But if he does, it's, you know, he's got a great pick there. So I think, like you said, it is about roster construction. Usually the first couple of rounds, people don't blow it. But they t- certainly blow it from round six through 16. So we got to watch that. Dr. Roto uh, is one of the senior fantasy analysts here at Full-Time Fantasy. You can always subscribe to his stuff. Uh, and, and I tell you, you've always been uh, at the top of the leaderboard somehow, some way. I, I knew years ago when I listened to you on the radio, Roto Experts in the Morning on Sirius, I said, man, this is the guy. For some reason, I, he, he's always talking about the players that I'm thinking of and nobody else. That's the type of thing I'm always listening for. The guy that's kind of on to the players that I'm on, I, I, kinda, I, I got mad respect right off the bat just listening because we're kind of aligned in that way. But the FFWC is so much more than just picking right players. It's about team construction because everybody at home listening, you got to start one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, one kicker, one defense, and two flex for a total of 11. So you you have to start at least three receivers and sometimes up to five, depending on your running back situation, Doc. So do, do you just let the draft come to you or how much are you thinking team construction when you're drafting your team? You know, ideally, in the first eight rounds, I, I want to be like four running backs and four receivers. That's in a perfect world. It doesn't always happen that way. Some years I'm three running backs and five receivers, but I'll definitely be three and five or four and four at the end of eight rounds. I don't even think about my quarterback till round nine. I'm sure somebody in this draft, as they always do, will take a quarterback in round six or seven and eight. And in our format, it's just a big old mistake. I also don't like taking my tight end too soon. I know Kelsey is great. I get it. He is a second-round pick. Ertz is a great player, and so is Kittle. I just don't like my roster construction. When I take my tight end too early, I tend to wait maybe around 9, 10, 11, take my guy there. You know, I would have told you Chris Herndon. Of course, he's out for four weeks, but (laughs) you can find those guys. You know, and if you find the right guy, you become my rich friend. Well, that's always the the deal with any of these picks. you got to hit the right guys. You know, we, we could talk about them until we're blue in the face or red or blue versus in the face. Uh, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, you know, you got to hit the right guys. Uh, so let me ask you this. I mean, you said you like to have four and four. Uh, do you have any preferences how you build that? Or do you let the draft build up for you to get to that point? I mean, are you looking to yeah. get, you know, a couple of running backs right away and then build up? Or do you have any set way to do that? That's a great question. I mean, I've got to think in the first three rounds, I've got to have one running back for sure. Do I, I, I never, I always look at my draft choice because depending on where you're picking is what's there for you. So if you're picking eight or nine this year, you're probably going to have to take a receiver. That means in round two and three, I'm leaning running back, but I still won't compromise. I never take a position. I never take a player because of position. I always take a player due to, you know, how good that, that player is. So, I mean, I will start two receivers. I'll do what I need to do, but preferably in the first four rounds, if I could be two and two. So I like what Hub City did here. Mixon, Mac, Juju Hill. 
I like a start like that. Same thing with, uh, you know, Kurt next to him. You know, Cook, Freeman, Cook, Cooks, and Jones. I don't necessarily like the, some of those players, but I like the construction start. Doc Which Roto, of those players don't you like real yep. quick? Yep. You know, on Kurt's team, because I actually Devonta, like those Devonta players. Freeman, Devonta Freeman will never be on my team this year. I don't trust mm. him. I don't like him. I think Ito Smith showed well. I think oh, Allison what, looked what, good. What, wait, wait, wait. What did Ito Smith show well in any time? I thought he looked pretty good last year. thought he looked pretty good as a rookie. Wow, I did not have those rose-colored glasses on. Well, hey, I, I, I like Eno, like too. I, I, I thought they were all going into last week. Yeah, I, th- I thought there was a lot to like about uh, Ito, considering, I mean, he's a no-name, and, and he's got a role uh, going to be carved out on this team. So, you know, look, um, he, he punched it in, and he caught the ball. I think that's what you're looking for. Was he, was he just going to be a guy that would vulture goal line carries in short yardage? Or was he actually going to – and he caught 27 balls. So there, that, on limited carries, catching 27 balls, it's a pretty big number for 90 yeah. carries. Pretty, yeah, Scott, Scott at, at, Southern at Southern Mississippi, this guy was a three-down back. He was very good at catching passes out of the backfield. And surprisingly, for such a small guy, he was really good in, in the red zone. They used him a lot there. I mean, Kevin Coleman was being phased out. Now, look, I'm not saying Edo Smith is the next great thing. I'm just saying I'm not taking Devonta Freeman in the third round. Yeah. Now we've got a question in the chat room for you, Doc. Web slinger Mike Weber, one of, one of the best players. He 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 says, "What's your take on Damian Williams?" Looks, there's there's no doubt that Kansas City was one of the best offenses we've seen in a long, long time in in fantasy football last year, and now they don't have a Kareem Hunt and Damian Williams. Apparently, you know, from what the way he looked last year, it felt like, well, okay, maybe you got to give this guy a shot. RB fourteen tonight at the three seven. What do you think? Well, you know, it's interesting. Adam Gase loved Damian Williams. And as much as I hate Adam Gase, he refused to play Kenyon Drake because he was playing Damian Williams. And eventually Drake got on the field and Williams lost, you know, a playing time. And he ended up in Kansas City. And he looked really good. And we were waiting for the Andy Reid blessing, right? We were ready for Andy Reid to say, he's my guy. Well, Reid just said that. He just said he's his guy. Look, he can pass protect. He, he never needs to leave the field, and I thought he was very impressive last year. Would I take him in the third round? Absolutely. I think if he looks good in the preseason, you watch. As we head to Vegas, he might even slip into the late second round. Oh, I think he'll go earlier than that if he shows well in training camp. I'm with you. This kid did everything they asked of him last year. Caught the ball well. He protected the quarterback well. He ran inside. He ran outside. They can move him around. I I think he fits their offense perfectly. It's all a matter of whether or not he can take, you know, 250 carries and stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little. Go ahead, Scott. He had, out of five games, he had one game, the divisional round game against the Colts, where he just – you know, they, gave, they fed him the ball a lot. But that was in a blowout kind of a game, 25 carries, 129 yards. The other four games, I'm a little concerned, 10 carries, 13 carries, 11 carries, and 10. And, I mean, that's just, that's just you know, a little bit of, little, little of timeshare action. But he is getting the catches. That's what you got to like in that offense because Mahomes, that, that offense is so powerful, Doc. Five, six, seven catches. It's one of the most important parts of you drafting a running back in the FFWC. Yeah, I think with Williams, you can't look at carries. You have to look at touches. I think he's a 20-touch-a-game kind of guy, whether that's 14 carries and six receptions or 13 and seven. I mean, in our league, this guy goes seven for 66 just receiving? Oh, my God, that's 13 points there. So he is really valuable in our format, and I think he's going to be a very high pick. 
All right, Doc. Uh, one last thing. I know you just broke down your Washington camp questions. Uh, you, you do that um, always right here in July, and then you really start getting into the team breakdowns. This Washington Redskins team, is there anything exciting? I know Darius Geis is the news of the day, and it's just an injured hammy. Are we that desperate for news that an injured hammy for Geis is the news of the day? Uh, I mean, is, is that a death sentence for Darius Geis already? Yeah, it's a problem. I mean, look, I, I don't want to hear that my, uh, my running back has a hamstring issue in July. I mean, those yeah. things don't cure themselves overnight. They're going to have hammy, to put them out yeah. for a decent amount of time. Hammy's a problem. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear calf muscle. I don't want to hear <laughs> hammy. I think Washington is a mess. I really do. The team is going to go to Dwayne Haskins. The question is when. Peterson, how much longer does he have? I'll give you a guy, though. I'll give you my favorite Redskin. And I, is a guy Uh-oh. that probably nobody's paying attention to. Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Trey Quinn. I think there's value there. This I agree. Guy's I totally agree. Slot, and I think Paul Richardson's going to get shut down by any good cornerback, and Josh Doxson stinks. So, I mean, Quinn might be a very valuable guy getting 75 catches this year. Man, was I wrong about Josh Dotson? I get my clicker out. Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn, uh, Dr. Roto gives us a nugget before we leave, uh, before he leaves. Doc, I want to appreciate you coming on. Uh, we've got another red versus blue draft. It looks like it's starting. It looks like it has three to go. Make sure you get out there on Twitter and get it full. But, uh, Doc, they, we always give you a code uh, so that people can subscribe to your stuff and get your rankings and your preseason pro. What, what is that? Yeah, check out. Go to fulltimefantasy.com. Enter the promo code ROTO50. That's ROTO50. We'll give you 50% off your first two months. You get the articles. You get the podcasts. You get the rankings. You get all the things to be a fantasy football champion. They sh- we, we should have actually cut that off because 50%. It's already July 12th, August 12th, September 12th. That gets them all the way to every, every bit of the draft stuff. We should have really cut that off and made that one month because they're going to get everything for 50% off. But that's cool. It's all good, man. I appreciate you coming on to uh, Red vs. Blue. Really appreciate it. All right. You got it. Good luck, guys. Be well. All right. Later, Doc. Now, I, Doc. I do want to add one thing about guys. So, yep. Um, yep. You know, that we're seeing more and more guys coming off torn ACLs they're trying to rush him back quickly, and almost all of them get these soft tissue injuries. Uh, we're seeing it too much. We saw it last year with Dalvin Cook. Same exact thing, Come on, coming off the torn ACL, trying to come back too quick, gets that soft tissue injury with the, the, the hammy as well. This is becoming an issue. They need to deal with this because, it, you know, once you go from one to the other, it, it really takes some time. We saw how long it took Cook to really get going last year once he did deal with the the hamstring it took him almost to the second half of the season to really get any kind of momentum going I think that's going to be the problem with guys and when you got a guy like Adrian Peterson who put up a thousand yards behind a makeshift offensive line with a fourth string quarterback with all his wide receivers hurt you know to me they're going to say okay guys well we'll take it really really slow with you and we'll let Adrian Peterson do what he does because Everybody's saying he came into camp this year in better shape than he was last year. <laughs> this is another guy like Frank Gore that's just not going away with age. Yeah. Yeah, look, hamstring injuries are tough. As long as you're not hearing any snapping or popping, I mean, they can be really bad. Uh, I, I, you just, uh, I'm just not too terribly concerned about a hammy in July, but they do linger. I get that and everything. But, look, people are going to get injured, and if you're going hard and you're trying, you know, you're going at it, you know, especially a running back uh, – with something to prove, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to get too worked up about it, but it will be interesting to see where his ADP goes because in the oh, online championship, like a rock. 
<laughs> in the, is, well, I don't know. He's already at the end of the exciting tier. He's at RB33, pick 72, a high of 59, a low of 89. So that's right at the beginning of the seventh round is where 7-1. That's right about where he's drafted anyway. Yes, he's going to drop. He's going to drop because people are going to take the, the sure thing with Latavius. But then you're getting into the Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, and Royce Freeman. Do you really want those guys over Darius Geis right now? I'm, I'm just with, well, a, again, with a July if a redra- If it's a redraft for this year, then, yeah, I have to consider it. Look, again, you're talking about it being a July hammy, but that July right. hammy is going to stop him from being on the field at the start of training camp. We don't know how long into that process he's actually going to get back on the field. And let's face it, he had no work last year except, you know, training camp and a little bit of preseason before he got yeah. hurt. So he hasn't really proven anything at this level yet. He hasn't been on the field enough to get enough reps. They're going to bring him, even if he gets fully healthy by, you know, by preseason, I don't think he starts in the beginning of the year. I just don't think he does. I think he gets a little bit of work every game, maybe a little bit more, a little bit more, just like they did with Dalvin Cook last year. Darius Geis is my RB13 in Dynasty. We haven't seen much, but what we did see at LSU still has us excited. I hope we don't have to go through. Look, I like I like to watch Adrian Peterson play, but I want to see this kid get on the field. I've no, got no, him in that too. I've got him in that elite tier still with the Carryon Johnson and the Josh Jacobs uh area. So, I think he can be that good. Let's um let, let's hope it, it doesn't become a problem. Look, we're going to take a quick sip break here. We'll be right back in 30 seconds. Hey, everybody, Adam Ronis here to let you know that the fifth annual Dynasty Football World Championships are back. That's right. We're taking Dynasty Leagues to the next level. Cost is $299 to play. Over $2,400 in league prizes with a $10,000 grand prize. Grab a startup or adopt an orphan at a discount. Each year, you keep your entire team and add to your team through an annual six-round rookie draft. Visit DynastyKing.com to jump in and take your shot at becoming the next Dynasty King. Visit DynastyKing.com for more info. That's DynastyKing.com. I love Dynasty, uh, Jimmy. It's just uh, one of these things that's got me completely obsessed. And then we've, we're building up this fantasy community. You've done so much work with the pod network. Before we get into the team breakdown here through the first five rounds, talk about the podcast network and what, what everything is going on there. It seems like this, this thing is just building up to this monster of entertainment. For <laughs> yeah, it, it's gotten out of control almost to this point. Look, it started out as a little thing. We just wanted to try and see, what, you know, if we can get anybody interested. And all of a sudden now we've got 18 different podcasts. Actually, I'm sorry, 19, including the Red versus Blue. So now we have 19 different podcasts. <laughs> we have over 35 hours of podcasting each and every week coming out. And all of this can be found at full-time fantasy with the drop-down podcast menu. Every single podcast is listed. You can go to each page, listen to every podcast. They're all there. So there's so much information coming out. We just signed a a dynasty podcast. We just signed an IDP podcast. So we're going to be coming at you from every different angle. We're going to have a DFS podcast coming along here soon. So we're going to hit you from everything. Yeah, that's what yeah. I just said. We have IDP and Dynasty now. So, you yeah. know, we're we're trying to cover every basis. Yeah, and we need a we auction, right? I mean, we got to get Brad Cruz involved. I know Corey likes auction. Some of those best some of those Mike Weber, he's in the chat room here tonight. These guys are uh, uh, savants at auction. You they figure out the high and the low and what they're what they're willing to spend and if they spend this much, it adjusts all their other values. I mean, it's incredible when you have that kind of patience to 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 know how to build your team the right way in auction. It's a really, it's a really exciting format. Okay, let's get to back to the draft here. This is why we're here. 
I want to yeah. start and go back all the way to the to the to the one hole and kind of work our way back across the field in just the first five rounds. We're going to take this thing in swaths and go through the first five rounds, Jimmy. And so I'm going to give you the first pick, the the first guy, and you're going to give me the you'll go to the second guy. So the first guy went with Zeke, follows up with Keenan Allen and AJ Green, Hunter Henry, and the the kid uh, David Montgomery from Chicago, uh, the rookie. Everybody's really high on David Montgomery. I like that combo. I like the receiver at Keenan Allen. A.J. Green is the polarizing figure because can this guy stay healthy? Is he a shell of his former self that some people have said? Uh, that's the question because there are some great players on the board there. Adam Thielen with a fantastic season. Mate, look, I don't think any of us are expecting Adam Thielen to get the type of targets that he had last year. Uh, but he was still a top five wide receiver with 113 catches, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, and 153 targets. Now, the second half of that season, it, it sort of started to shift to Diggs. The chemistry with Kirk Cousins, you could start to see it developing with, with Diggs, and I've seen a lot of people actually taking Diggs before Thielen. I'm not sure I'm in that camp yet, but I'm getting there. And so A.J. Green at 3-1 is the only problem I really have there. I like the rest of the team. I love Hunter Henry. Uh, it, coming back, especially with no Tyrell Williams there, I think that's going to be big. And then David Montgomery as your RB2 after after taking Zeke at one. David Montgomery's guaranteed some work in that offense. And so he, when he gets out on the field, he's going to be hard to bring down, Jimmy. Look, I, I love David Montgomery a lot, but they did also bring in Mike Davis. And that just, Mike Davis, just a yeah. little, yeah, it gives me just a little tiny bit of hesitation with Montgomery. Mm. I'm not saying don't draft him because I have him on a few of my teams, but don't be surprised if Davis carves out a little niche of his own there. Um, Hunter Henry, I like Hunter Henry coming off the, you know, the lost year last year. I do expect him to be more involved this year, get involved, of course, in the red zone. That's always been a big part of his game. Problem is I, I just can't see him going in the fourth. As we can see, since he took him in the fourth, no other tight end is gone. And he, he doesn't fall into that top three tier, of course, at least for me. He falls into the tier with Evan Ingram, you know, those guys, uh, O.J. Howard. And I, I, like we just saw Evan Ingram come off in the sixth round, I think he could have waited another round to get Hunter Henry. Yeah, look, I, I think you may be right on the Hunter Henry issue. The David Montgomery issue, Mike Davis – I mean, he's getting $3 million a year. They bring him in. He is a good player. I think it will sort of start off as a split, but then I think you'll start to see some amazing plays get rattled off by Montgomery at some point in that first half of that season. And when that starts to happen, it's really hard to get a kid like that off the field unless there's an injury. So my prediction is it it will be about a 50-50 split for Montgomery and and Davis there. Other than that, we're not even talking about Tariq Cohen, who I absolutely love still being able to flourish in this offense even more. But they weren't going to pay Jordan Howard $3 million. So that's, that, that Mike Davis contract a lot, is a little underrated in that regard. They were going to grab somebody. They, they needed another body. Uh, but I think David Montgomery, clearly the class of that talent there. Uh, and the A.J. Green pick is the one that actually worries me more than the David Montgomery. A.J. Green at 3-1, just a little concerning for me. Let's bring in Adam Ronis, uh, the Ronis bonus. Maybe he'll give us one of those. It's always nice having Adam break down the draft board. Adam, how are you, man? What's going on, fellas? Glad to join you guys tonight. Well, unfortunately, I have to go within a few minutes, so I'm glad we were able to talk for a couple of minutes, but I have to actually go do my own pod at 10 o'clock. But you know, I was definitely happy to help uh, Scott here get this going early, but uh, welcome. <laughs> yeah, 
Jimmy has uh, Jimmy is always podcasting over and over. And, and hey, feel free to talk about this red versus blue draft. We've got our red versus blue two that's filling. I think there's now three spots left. Let me make sure. I've been trying to help fill this league for them, too. Oh, wait. Did it fill? Did it fill? It filled. It filled. Yep. There we are. It's, 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 off, it's off and rolling. Look at that. Um, great job. Adam Ronis, talk about this draft. Do you have this draft board in front of you? We were getting ready to dra- break down these, these teams here. The first pick we just talked about. Let's move on to the second team in this draft here. Um, you've got the draft board in front of you. What do you think about Christian McCaffrey, Cooper, Zach Ertz, DJ Moore, and Kenyon Drake? We're just looking at the first five rounds. Yeah, I like most of the picks. I probably would have went with Keenan Allen before Amari Cooper. Obviously got to see Cooper play up close last year as a Cowboys fan. So, you know, he did have some games where he did not perform at a high level. He's kind of a little bit of boomer bust. But I do think with a full season, working with Dak Prescott in that offense, he'll be good. But I still give Keenan Allen the edge. I just think he has the higher floor. Uh, maybe Cooper has a little bit of a higher ceiling, but you know what you're getting from Keenan Allen. He's not going to be a big red zone guy. He's not going to score a lot of touchdowns, but as long as he stays healthy, he's going to get a pile of receptions and pile up the yards. Hurts, obviously, I mean, it's hard to knock him. I know they have a lot of weapons now on that offense. Dallas Goddard's right behind him. I think in our format, it's hard for me to take a tight end that early. Uh, DJ Moore, I love. Uh, I think he has a breakout year this year, so I like that pick. And you know, Drake, obviously a lot of people are down on Drake, but, you know, to get him as your RB2 in round five, I'm actually okay with that because we saw him perform, especially in the passing game, and Adam Gates clearly didn't like him. So maybe with a new coaching staff, maybe Drake gets that opportunity. So uh, it's a mixed bag for me. I mean, again, I like, I, I like it overall, but I think I might have went with a couple different picks. I got to ask you about more. You said you like him there and you think he has a breakout season. <laughs> I have issues with that. First, first I'm going to say, um, first, I, I like Curtis Samuels. Uh, I'm not saying he's a breakout wide receiver in any way, but they loved the way they used him last year. They got him involved in the running game. They moved him around, did a lot of things. But the fact of the matter is, is he had almost a, as big a target share as Moore did last year. Okay, so now you fast forward to this year. All of a sudden, Moore's going in the fourth round. I could still get Samuel in the eighth or ninth round in a lot of drafts. Uh, you know, to me, that discrepancy is just too big for me to not want that value at Samuel's much more than Moore. Moore right now is being drafted at his ceiling. You, you're talking about coming back to a quarterback who's coming off a big injury. They're also trying to change his throwing motion. And, you know, I, I just think Moore is going way too early for my liking. I can't get on that thing. Yeah, no, I, I disagree. I think a lot of his metrics were great last year, and I'm not going to look at the target there last year. It's a different year. It took some time for Moore to learn the offense. When he did, he got going down the stretch. And I like Curtis Samuel, too. You know, it's easy to say, well, you can get Samuel four rounds later. There's no guarantee you can't. You know, you're looking at just isolated. You don't know that in the draft. You know, you're going to have to make that decision. So I think both these guys – can have success but I think Moore has the higher ceiling I mean he was a dynamic receiver in college and you know if you are buying Curtis Samuel then you clearly don't have an issue with Cam Newton so now you're using the Cam Newton shoulder with DJ Moore but not Curtis Samuel how does it work no 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 because it's five rounds later I'll take that shot there I'm not I'm not looking at getting you know Samuel is my wide receiver too and again you know I mean I get the metrics and I get the fact that I think he has a higher ceiling but right now I think he's being drafted as his ceiling there's nowhere to go for him but down <laughs> for, from the fourth yeah, I mean, round. I, I don't think he can go past that. In the league that I took DJ Moore, he was my wide receiver three. 
So, uh, you I, know, I, I mean, here. Wide receiver three, I, I, I could take that a lot better than wide receiver two. Um, you know, I, I just don't get it. Uh, especially, you know, I, I don't know. There were a couple of guys there I, I like a little bit more. Uh, Jimmy, both Mike Williams and Calvin Ridley, I like a little bit better. Jimmy, you're 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 just like Ian Ritchie, okay? Every team, dog, you know, when 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 Deming and Ritchie were hawk and roll, right? They they played off of they had two different types of drafters here. Deming was always looking for the for the next for the for the DJ Moore for the next Alvin Kamara, you know, taking him early for the next Cooper Cup, you know, drafting him early. Tyreek Hill, that was his Dante Pettis this year, always drafting those guys early. Ian, on the other hand, he wants 15 points a week. He wants a steady guy. He know he can count on, and if he sees a 20-point upside, that's good. He's never going to be ahead of the curve. He's always going to take the safe route. And I think what you're, what, you're just, what you're just saying is when you're not willing to draft D.J. Moore in the fourth round, that's what you said, right? You're not willing to draft him in the fourth round. You're right. going to miss the player that D.J. Moore can be in 2019 if he reaches his full potential. His full potential, okay, I'm just saying, not to say that he will do it, his full potential is a top-five wide receiver in the league. Because he can break plays literally just about every time he touches the ball. Doesn't except, uh, if I'm the quarterback. Except he's got a target hog at if, running if, back. First of all, <laughs> you know I, I don't know. I fine. just don't see it. Yeah, well, I look, I, I'm just saying you'll. You, you, but, but I, I just think that's what where you're at is you're you're never really going to be able to take that with 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 a, with a guy like Moore. But may, maybe you're right. Look, McCaffrey's got. He, he's a great running back, and it's and it's hard to argue with. Um, I mean, with what Moore they had to do last year. Moore didn't start until week seven, and in his rookie year, he had 788 yards. And that was with a slow start to the year, and that was also Cam Newton not being able mm. to throw the ball late in the year, mm. too. So mm. I just think that, that I think there's a, a high ceiling for them, a, a, for him. Maybe you are drafting him at a ceiling, but sometimes you have to take that shot, especially ah, in, in a boy, format. That's, like boy, that's, wa- that's, really, that's really smart, uh, Adam. I really like how you put that. I think there, I think there is, uh, and, and that's something that's not tempting to do. That's not an appealing thing to do. I typically try to avoid drafting him Ooh. at his ceiling, uh, or players in general, right? Uh, but when I, I think it's it's his draft ceiling. It's not his performance ceiling. His performance ceiling is you know Tyreek Hill making plays, you know, and, and he was he would have been a he would have been a first round pick, you know. So let, let's see let's see what DJ Moore. I'll tell you. You just got to watch this guy on the field to really appreciate the, the, the ability. Now, it's not just talent, though. Like Jimmy says, it's not just talent, it's opportunity. Does he have the opportunity? I say yes. I think he, I think he has I think the opportunity. I think, I, I, think I, he, I, th- I think I think there's yep. enough for McCaffrey, Moore, and Sam at all to succeed. You know, Greg Olson, you know, people talk about him, but he's 34 coming off surgery, and, you know, right. Ian Thomas is right behind him, too. But I think you're going to see Samuel McCaffrey – and more make up a lot of this offense in the passing game. Yeah, well, and that's the question. Okay, can, guys, can we, I, I, I yep. hate to do this to you, but I got to run. Thank you for having me on. Hopefully I'll talk to you guys soon. Awesome, Jimmy. Thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, 3,500 okay. yards is, is really what I'm hoping for out of Cam Newton this year, if he can stay, if, if he's back. And if he's not back, I want my boy Will Greyer in there. Okay, that's who I want in there. I, I I don't want to play around with it. I don't want to test the waters. I don't want to see what what the arm has. If the arm isn't a hundred percent, sit Cam Newton and let Greyer get in there. And and I think I'll, I'll be happy for for Greyer because he's a great decision maker. He can get the ball in space to anybody. Let's move on to Team Three, Adam, and check this out real quick. Idiot, uh, John Anderson. Uh, his team name is I D E E O T. Uh, Barkley Hilton. 
Kittle, Lockett, Mike Williams. That's the top five. Uh, you can't complain with Barkley at falling to the three. T.Y. Hilton at 210. Again, uh, it's probably the pick that you have to make there at wide receiver nine. And then at 3-3, three, three, he takes George Kittle as the last of the big three tight ends in this format. Let me ask you this, Adam. At what point um, do you do you do you agree with those three picks, or, or or talk to me about your tight end philosophy this year? Where do you take that third tight end? Generally, so far, I've been in that OJ Howard Henry range, but I'm not yeah. going to reach on them. It really depends on the draft. You know, I took Howard at five two in a fourteen team league. Uh, but you know what? I think you really do have to start to think at least about Ertz and Kittle early round three. So I understand what he did here. I mean, I really like it overall. I'm not sure if I would have won Kittle, but I like how he followed it up with Lockett and Mike Williams. You know, Lockett obviously was one of the most efficient wide receivers in history last year. So a lot of people are going to say, well, he can't repeat that. What they're failing to realize is the targets are going to go up. So, yes, maybe the touchdown frequency is not going to be there as much, but I think he's going to be more consistent. No Doug Baldwin there. And Lockett's a playmaker. He's got the speed. He can get deep. And Russell Wilson likes to roll out and throw it deep. And he's got that good connection with Lockett. So I like that. And obviously, we were all over Mike Williams last year. I mean, if you played in our format, you had to reach and take him early. And it was an inconsistent year. He obviously had a huge week 15 that led people to championships or, you know, high points in the playoffs. And Obviously, week 16 wasn't as good against Baltimore, which we knew. But here's the thing about the Chargers, man. Look at that depth chart, okay? Mm. This is what we love for fantasy. It is concentrated to three players, in my opinion, right. at least in the passing game. Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Travis Benjamin's going to start. Look at their third and fourth wide receivers. No one knows who, who they are. They really don't have depth at wide receiver, which is great for fantasy because you know where the targets are going to go. Yeah, they'll throw the ball in the passing game to the running backs, whether it's Gordon Eckler or Jackson, right. but that's the thing with Williams. I mean, it's going to be hard to repeat 10 touchdowns, but at the same time, this guy's a physical freak, man, 6'3", 220, and Rivers, we've seen him over the years. He loves to chuck it downfield to those big receivers, and Williams as a rookie was impressive. So, I, you know, I like him. Uh, I know that there's definitely some, you know, questions about the touchdowns, but, man, I, I'll take him in that spot uh, as my – third receiver and you already have an elite tight end so I, I do like this team I like the way they put it together to start we're on team Mike Williams and can we talk a little bit about uh what's going on with Melvin Gordon we see Mel Melvin Gordon fall to 2-6 tonight but we haven't really talked about how that impacts Keenan Allen Mike Williams because you know Gordon's a guy that that, that catches the ball an awfully lot in in this offense and if he's not in there yes Eckler's going to catch a lot of balls too, but it still means there's more, even more production for the wide receivers to go. And Mike Williams has been drafted in our format. Look, the FFWC players are ahead of the curve. Okay. Uh, they're at, he, he's at pick 53, excuse me, 53, which is, which is right in the smack dab in the middle of the fifth round. And so, you know, five, five, and, and he was taken at five, three here. So it really didn't change much at wide receiver 25 out of an average wide receiver 24 here tonight. Could you see that going even a little higher and ticking up in front of like a Calvin Ridley or a Cooper Cup off of an injury? I mean, he might even be able to creep up there into the closer to the top 20. Yeah, I think he can. I do think if Gordon is out, it's actually going to help the touchdown for the wide receivers and specifically Williams and Henry because yeah. I don't, I don't think point. they're going to run Eckler and Jackson between the tackles a lot near the goal line. I just don't see it. So I think you'll right. see more Williams and Henry. You know, Henry – 
is interesting because we know how talented he is. If you look on a per-play basis over the years, he's been a top tight end. I think the right. risk and fear people have is, okay, well, he's coming off for 200 ACL, but he came back for the playoff game. He really didn't do nothing, but the fact that he suited up and he was able to play, he's over it. He's got the whole offseason. He had Antonio Gates in the way. Rivers loves throwing to the tight end. I mean, I really could see Henry scoring 8 to 10 touchdowns this year. It is pricey to take him right now, I mean, especially in this draft here. And, uh, you know, late round four on the turn, it is pricey, but I, it could pay off. Well, and Hentry was up and comer, finished at tight end 14 in 2017 before he did have the preseason injury. But 45 catches, 579, good average, four touchdowns. Has a, there's, a, there's a lot to like about a young kid. He, 2018 was supposed to be his breakout year. So if he took, you know, that time to, to rehab uh, from that injury that so many people have recovered from, uh, there, there's a good shot. It is a little tough. Let, let, let's finish off before we move on to team four. It is tough to figure out where to take your, your tight ends in this format, but it's early in the season. And there's a lot of wide receivers that it feels like you're getting good value on later in the draft. I won't drop those names yet, but because you're able to get those wide receivers that maybe you're on right now, that maybe other people aren't, it's a little easier to take that tight end now, because in this format, when you, it, it pay, it's nice to have that stud at the tight end to not worry about, because if you get a top three tight end, you're really outpacing the average tight end, regardless of the ups and downs, by about 80 to 100 points. And that's a lot of points. And so can I get that made up from a wide receiver four uh, in the draft somewhere? Maybe it's a, you know one of, the, one of these guys that we'll see drafted here later. I think it's a little easier to do earlier in the year. And, and, and so I do get the appeal of that, uh, that one of those top three tight ends. It's just really hard to turn down a guy like even Adam Thielen, uh, or take your pick there, Adam Thielen or Diggs. Adam Thielen... Damian Williams, any of these guys um, that, that are guaranteed, you know, 100 balls, 100 catches. There's nothing going to prevent Adam Thielen from catching 100 balls this year. I mean, unless an injury. Yeah, that is definitely uh, true. And even though Minnesota wants to run the ball a lot more and they started to do that, again, it's a team where the football in the direction it's going in the air is concentrated. It's big feeling and, you know, they really don't use a third receiver much. And it's not like Rudolph commands a lot of targets either. So that's the thing about Diggs and Thielen is they're going to get a huge cut of that passing game. Really like that team by John. Uh, team three here with Rashad Penny uh, in the sixth round. We won't talk about that. Uh, Mr. Pink, Andrew, Andrew Palermo. I love watching his drafts. He knows how to put a team together. I've cut these, these guys a lot of big checks here at the FFWC because they win a lot of money with their team construction. They take high energy, Speed guys, speed is always a, a fixture of, of their offenses, it, it seems like, when I'm watching them. And look at this team, uh, Adam. Alvin Kamara at four falls into his lap. Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, Tariq Cohen, and Royce Freeman. I, I went all the way to seven. But you see the theme there? A lot of speed, a lot of receptions, and he's just firing away at those wide receivers, and he'll figure out that tight end later, and he'll figure out the running backs later. I love it. And this is something that I do a lot. And I've noticed this when I'm picking in the top four and you get one of those elite running backs, I am not worried about my RB2. I'm not going to reach on a player that I don't feel is going in the correct draft spot. I'll figure it right. out later and start taking shots. And that's what he's starting to do now with Cohen and Freeman. But yeah, this setup is great. I mean, you get Kamar, you know what you're getting out of him. Antonio Brown, obviously it's fallen a little bit. And the only thing that I could see really fall off for Brown this year is the touchdowns. He's going to get the volume in Oakland. They didn't pay him not to throw him the football. And so he's going to get a bulk of targets. Maybe he's not going to be the elite touchdown scorer, but he's still going to be solid for fantasy. We talked about Thielen. 
I love Chris Godwin. I mean, he was someone I loved last year. Here's the stat for you on Chris Godwin. He played six mm-hmm. games without Deshaun Jackson last year. He had mm-hmm. at least 98 yards of receiving in four of them, okay? Deshaun mm. Jackson is gone. Adam Humphreys is gone. This is another team, too, man, where you're going to see the ball mostly go Evans, Godwin, O.J. Howard. They're all going to have huge years. Tampa Bay's defense is atrocious. Winston loves to put, push the ball downfield. Bruce Arians loves to push the ball downfield. This team has a questionable running game. They're going to pass a lot. I know a lot of people are like, oh, can, uh, can Godwin live up to the expectations? Hell yeah, he can. This guy's a stud. He's got the size. Even in his rookie year, they were looking for him in the red zone. They were looking for him last year. And the only reason why the stats weren't what we hoped for is because Deshaun Jackson was still in the mix. He's gone. Godwin is definitely going to explode. So I love that pick. You get Ridley as your fourth receiver. I mean, this is great. And then he just took Vance McDonald in round eight. I like that. If I'm going to wait on my tenant, give me Vance McDonald. Remember, a lot of targets opened up with Antonio Brown being gone, and everyone's talking about Moncrief, Washington, who's going to be the guy. Don't sleep on Vance McDonald. I mean, he's been a pretty good tight end in his career. And we see sometimes tight ends don't really have that, like, big year till later in their career. So I like this team. I mean, uh, tremendous job. This is how I would like to build my team. Yeah, no doubt. Look, there's a lot to like. Can I just remind people, though, when you talk about Godwin, I like Godwin the player. Uh, when you draft Godwin, uh, it's not like drafting Evans. Evans, uh, you, you are drafting Jameis Winston with him. And, and a lot of times it comes with the, it's a good and a bad. It's a double-edged sword, right? And when, when it's on, it's great. And he's playing catch-up ball in the second half. And I like that. But it's just – there's never been a player that's more frustrating to watch than Jameis Winston in a game that he should do well in and doesn't. And the first half, he looks like total dog crap. Uh, and then the receivers are in a hole with him throughout the entire first half of the game. Just know that when you're drafting these guys, you are going to uh, be sick to your stomach for the first half of games. And then somehow, some way in that fourth quarter, when your guy is, you know, Godwin sitting on two for 12, even, even in games when DJX wasn't in there, you know, I, I started him in DFS a couple of times and we had to, we had to struggle and, but we got there. Okay. But because he can catch a, he can catch a long bomb anytime. And you gotta, you gotta have Winston throw an accurate long bomb. Uh, and it can happen. He does it for Evans all the time. Evans goes up and gets it. But a lot of times that offense just doesn't click and the, the mojo isn't there. And then somehow, some way, I'm hoping to God the coaching staff uh, that they're putting together there uh, with Bruce Arians is, is finally the thing that Winston needs. My fear, my fear, Adam, is that it's the exact opposite of what will allow him to get away with what he has typically gotten away with, which is a bad, poor attitude. If you try to get, if you try a poor attitude on the bench, or on the sideline after a series, visualize Bruce Arians sitting Jameis down in the in an argument, or, or Winston, you know, has a look on his face that he doesn't like. You know, Arians is like Arians can do that. Now, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. But I'm telling you, Winston's almost is just this guy that I just. But Blaine Gabbard is your is your option is your other option. Blaine Gabbard right. and Ryer Griffin. So he doesn't really have a lot of options. But I, but I, I I hope he gets it figured out because this is I think to him and Mariota. They came into the draft at the same in the league at the same year. This is their chance. This is this is put up or shut up time for both of them. Yeah, I think Arians needs to figure out if this is a long term answer at quarterback. And you know, last year Ryan Fitzpatrick was there, so they had another option to go to, and we saw Fitzpatrick got off to the good start. There was a point where you couldn't bench Fitzpatrick with the way he was playing. We all knew he would resurface and throw those interceptions. He did. 
I'm just hoping that Arians can help Winston maybe eliminate those poor decisions. I mean, there was a game last year I remember watching, and he was being brought to the ground. It was around the 25 of the opponent, and he just, like, chucked the ball up. And that's a play that can't happen. Just take the sack, take the field goal, and move on. So that's the biggest thing that I think we need to see out of Winston. I hope that uh, they definitely, um, you know, can curtail that a little bit. But, again, everything is shaping up. The weapons, poor defense. But you're right. There is a little volatility there, Winston. But you know what? Uh, I'm willing to take that shot. I like Winston where he's going. I'll take the shot because you're going to see a lot of 300-yard passing games. And, again, he has the weapons. One last comment on this team. Let's pivot to Calvin Ridley. Last year's stats, 64, 8, 21, and 10. There's been a lot of these um, statistical guys analysis uh, that, 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 that tend to suggest that what Calvin Ridley did last year is not repeatable. And I just so disagree with that. It's almost like taking you're just taking such a nerd angle at this sport and not realizing that this kid was a rookie coming into the league. Getting chemistry with a quarterback is not easy. Figuring out things in the NFL and playing 16 consecutive games, bringing it every week, it's not easy to do. They want to know where, where he went on several weeks and what, what happened to him. Well, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. What do you expect? 64 for 821 and 10. Is that good enough? It's pretty damn good. It's probably better than Megatron in his first year, if I remember right. So, you know, this year I'm, I'm seeing a lot of 60 for 906, say, you know, the touchdowns. I think he could do better, even though a lot of people are saying, oh, touchdown regression, touchdown regression. That's, that's always what they always say. It's not necessarily true. I'm not saying I'm projecting him for 10 touchdowns, but that offense puts up a lot. We know that Matt Ryan uh, is, is the offensive line has improved over the last, you know, with this, the offensive system and the offensive line. Matt Ryan put up a fantastic season last year. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to say he's going to throw for his 500 yards, 5,000 yards again. I mean, I think it's real close at that. Uh, 35 touchdowns. But there's a lot to suggest that that offense doesn't really skip a beat. You get Devontae Freeman back, uh, and he's healthy. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he can stay healthy with the concussions. But you've got a. You've got your offense back, and and nothing to say that Calvin really can't improve on last year's numbers. Yeah, and maybe maybe the touchdowns do come down a little bit, but maybe he gets more receptions. And I, I think that is a good point. That he was a rookie, man. You know, rookie. it's it's a different season from going college to the pros, and uh, considering everything that he went through, I, I guess because you know if you look, there were some down games. He was kind of inconsistent. It was boom or bust. Right. But it right. is good offense. I I like the fact that they upgraded the offensive line. I think that was big. Maybe they don't pass as much as they did last year, but still, um, you also have to look at it as if Julio Jones goes down, uh, then Ridley's numbers explode. Uh, I, you know, you don't want to root for that if you're a Ridley owner. But, you know, this is a really good offense in uh, his second year in the league. So, yeah, I mean, again, I think uh, where he's being drafted is a fair spot. And to get him on the roster and on this specific team as your wide receiver four, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. The two games that you know he's going to absolutely light up, New Orleans, Seven for 146 and three, and eight for 93 and a touch. Both games, he he loves that turf. You get uh, get get Ridley the on that turf. The defense which stinks too twice. Right. There's there, there's a, there's a lot to like about that. So, I, I I think it's I think it's a little overplayed. Let's move on to Bada Bing, Jim Scarnati, Bada Bing, David Johnson, Mike Evans. I love that pick there, falling to him at, at, at the wide receiver seven. Uh, Julian Edelman is the pick that everybody will probably talk about there in the third round a little bit early, but if you, if you, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. Mark Ingram in the fourth, James White, 
uh, Evan Ingram. Okay, let's let's just stop with that. Edelman at three five over Diggs. Look, uh, I think a lot of times we get accused of groupthink for good reason because most drafters I know wouldn't consider that. But Jim decides that you know what he's seen from Edelman is good enough for him. Uh, and if he can stay healthy, he will prove that pick right for sure. Edelman is a stud. Uh, you go to Mark oh, Ingram. Go, go ahead. Talk about Edelman. He's a stud, man. I mean, I probably myself would draft Diggs, but I really don't have a problem with it. I actually – I've seen Edelman go in the fourth round a lot of drafts. I think he's an absolute steal there. No Gronk. They have a weak wide receiver core. Uh, we know he's the go-to guy for Tom Brady. You know, you keep, and people look at his stats from last year. Let's remember, he was suspended four games. He had 74 receptions in 12 games. So that's almost six receptions per game. I think that goes up this year. He's just not a big touchdown guy, and he's not a huge yardage guy. So that's the thing. You know, Diggs has the higher ceiling. You know, Diggs, if everything works right, he could have a 1,300, 1,400-yard season. Not for Edelman. He's just not a big yards per reception guy. You're really looking for the volume. But Edelman can get 100 receptions. He's done it before. He had 98 receptions two years ago. Uh, I don't think he gets double-digit touchdowns. It's something we've never seen his career out of seven. So I probably would take Diggs over him, and I, I like him better a little bit later. But I'm going to have Edelman ranked as a top 15 receiver this year. No question about it. With everything that has gone on in New England, Edelman's going to feast. Nobody seems to like in the fantasy community, Mark Ingram. Uh, he, Jim takes him at RB21 here. Uh, that's right about where his ADP has him going in our format at RB21, pick number 40. And so you look at Baltimore's offense. Look at these names that were there last year, Adam. Alex Collins was the flavor of the year, 114 carries, 400 yards. Gus Edwards came onto the scene out of nowhere. 137 carries, 718 yards. He didn't catch the ball, though. Uh, Buck Allen, 41 carries. Ty Montgomery, 41 carries. Kenneth Dixon, 60 carries. And, of course, Lamar Jackson comes in and and, and absolutely steals the show on the ground for Baltimore. Uh, And he probably will again. Uh, What do you think about Mark Ingram going to a new offense, a lot of unknowns there, and a lot of new chess pieces for this offense to digest? Yeah, I think you really can't look at what Ingram did with the Saints because they always are top two in fantasy points for running backs. It was one of the best offensive lines. Here's the thing that's positive about Ingram. Got Lamar Jackson, the quarterback. We all know when you have that running quarterback, the lanes open up. You have to worry so much about Lamar Jackson breaking a long run. So that's going to help Ingram. I think the problem that people have with Ingram, it's PPR for a match. How many catches? is Ingram going to have this year? I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be checking down to the running back that much. He's going to be taken off. So I think that's the problem that people have with Ingram here is this is a PPR format. How many receptions is he going to have? I think he'll gain yards. He'll have touchdowns. I just don't think the ceiling for receptions is that high. And I think that's the problem that people have. So for me, you know, if on this team, it makes sense. If David Johnson gets the receptions, that we're hoping for and that we envision in this high-octane offense, I think you can live with a little bit of a lower number. You know, Evans should get the receptions. Edelman should too. But I think most people want, you know, especially from that RB2, at least, you know, 40 to 50 receptions. And I don't know if Ingram's going to get there with the way this offense is designed. 
Well, look, I don't really think he had the personnel last year. Gus Edwards, uh, two catches. <laughs> Buck Allen had 35 of them. Ty Montgomery, 25. Dixon, six. You're, you, I didn't see a lot of checkdowns for Lamar. You're right, because they figure, well, I can get the five or six yards easy with Lamar. I don't, you know, and that's and that's hard to turn down, especially when you're Lamar Jackson and he think any and he can take it to the house anytime. Uh, but and, and you know, some people think that well, if there and if there are some receptions to go around, that this kid Justice Hill might come in and get some of those too, because that's kind of where, where his specialty is, and so they'll they'll devise sets that that it actually works to his advantage. And you're right with Mark Ingram in New Orleans, there was a lot of offense there for him to go around. Uh, it's not the same kind of offense. But there is a good offensive line in Baltimore. So uh, do I like it here in the fourth round when I have your receivers like Godwin and more? No, I don't. I'm not going to take them. And I'm not going to take them over Mike Williams. But I will consider Ingram around that next round spot. Um, and so maybe he could have had that wide receiver three locked in, and that would have been the only difference for us. But look, he's putting together a solid team with Ingram. He does come back and get Larry Fitzgerald. The guy constantly proves all the doubters wrong, and he gets him in the ninth round at wide receiver 47. <laughs> uh, let's move on to spies and trolls, Adam. One more team for you before you go, buddy. Um, Richard Mallon uh, has been one of the um, names over the last couple of years that you see him in all the tra- chat rooms, all the chat, all the chat rooms, plays in our contest a lot, really excels in the format, and break down his team from that sixth position where the running back run is over for a lot of people and you have to start with the wide receiver. Yeah, Hopkins, obviously, one of the more reliable receivers, so he takes him in round one. And then comes back with Travis Kelsey, and that's the tough decision. It's like, where do you take Kelsey? And we know he's going to produce elite numbers from the tight end position. And it also comes down to how long is the suspension going to be for Tyreek Hill? I mean, if somehow he gets an eight-game suspension, I mean, Kelsey is just going to feast there. So that's the tough decision you have to make with Kelsey here. Mid-second round, not, I'm fine with it. Leonard Fournette here is a big wild card. We know how good he can be. Can he stay healthy? Can he be happy on that team? Uh, that's going to be the big question mark because we've seen Fournette in the past go late first round, early second round. Now he's going to the third. Uh, because of the injury factor with him. But obviously Jacksonville's relying on him a ton. He is really key to their success, and that's why you're seeing him fall. We see Jacobs go in the fourth round, and obviously he just signed his contract, so we don't have to worry about that. And they did – I saw conflicting reports because when he was drafted, Mm. Gruden said, get ready to work, you're going to be a three-down back. And there was an article the other day, I think by Michael Gelkin, who covers the team, and I don't know where he got this from, if this is his mm-hmm. opinion, it, but mm. he basically said Jacobs is not going to be a three-down back early, that you're going to see a lot of Jalen Richard. So I, I'm just not sure because that, that had no quotes in it. So I don't know if he's speculating that, he has information or what, but that's something to watch uh, because you would think that they want to use him as three-down back. Yeah, you'll mix in Jalen Richard a little bit, but you would think that they want to draft him, uh, that they, that's why they drafted him. Uh, and then Sammy Watkins in round five, very interesting. I've always liked the talent, man, but it just hasn't panned out. And you figure in Kansas City, that explosive offense, that he should be able to produce. Uh, and again, a lot depends on Tyree Kill and how much time he's going to miss, too. Man, you know, uh, you bring up the Jacob stuff. Uh, I think he was a third round pick here for the last month or two. And now it's it's really dropping. I mean, and it's dropping fast. Uh, he's he's RB twenty right now, um, and that's where he was drafted tonight. 
but that has happened pretty quickly because he was in the third round just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, and you hate to count on a rookie. You look at that offense and you think, my gosh, is any other back on that team, you know, worthy enough to, to really move the chains? Well, Richard is a great second half back when you're down and you're, and you're playing catch up and he can, and he can, you know, chew up some yards in soft coverage. That's perfect for a Richard to excel. He's not going to move the chains at all in the first half of any game that is competitive and where you've got the, the, you know, the chargers um, and the chiefs and the Broncos bearing down on you in, in the first half in a competitive game. I just don't see Richard is running. Now, maybe the stats prove that wrong. I've just watched a lot of football and, you know, like Lou Tranquilli, he watched every game twice. It, it, I just don't – you don't see that from Jalen Rossard. You see a second half back that can catch the ball and eat up some yards and get some garbage time when they're getting beat by 20 points. So I think if you're, if you're Gruden and you want to start this season off with a bang or do you want to start it off in a hole and be 0-3? So get Jacobs out there on the field as quick as you can. You've already got the questions with this team, uh, Richard does, uh, with Leonard Fournette. Um, and in this, in this format, Adam, you've seen enough teams to know – Hopkins is great. You got him as your one. You lock him at one. But if you wait until your fifth round for a wide receiver two, I would love to see the stats. And matter of fact, I'm going to write that down tonight. I want to see how many, what percentage of league champions waited to get their wide receiver two in the fifth round or greater. Would you, would you believe that that's probably less than 5%? Yeah, probably. I think actually the league that I participated in Vegas last year no, I didn't wait that long. I know I went two yeah. running backs, tight end, which I'd never do. And then I think I came back with two receivers uh, and then also took Edelman. He had the suspension, so he fell a little bit. But, yeah, the receivers are very important in this format. It's PPR. We start three, and you have the two flex spots, which I love. I always say this to people in their home leagues, like add another roster spot to the starting lineup. You know, if you're going to follow us and you're going to be a subscriber to FullTimeFantasy.com, you're going to have an edge. And you want that extra starting spot. So even right, before right. I came here, my home league, we've, we've always had the extra flex spot. My home league basically is similar to this. It's the yeah. same setup. and been doing it for years. And we do 14-team leagues. So even oh, you're a little beasting bit on there. Yeah. yeah, man. So I advise everyone, you know, always go to your commissioner. Now's the time. Ask them to add an extra flex spot. And, you know, you should get rewarded. Like, you're going to – if you know what you're doing – there's always going to be at least one guy you get in the double-digit rounds. And if you already built a stout team early on, there might be some times like, oh, I can't play this guy. Well, we got the extra flex spot. You get rewarded for it. You get to play that guy that maybe you took late. And that's the way it should be, man. We want to reward the skill. It wasn't too long ago that Sammy Watkins was being considered. It was just a couple of years ago. End of the wide receiver, uh, the end of the first round, end of the second round, Sammy Watkins was being drafted there years ago. And then over the last couple of years, it's like football hasn't been his focus. And you hear about the, the, the rumors and the rumbling of the offseason stuff with the, with the bad attitude and, and Mahomes had to get on him. And then that uh, lit a fire under him. Uh, okay, so if a rookie quarterback, if it took a rookie quarterback to get under you uh, to really get your fire, what, what kind of focus do you really have in the NFL? And you've got receivers there like Landry, Robinson, Robbie, Boyd. You're, you're really taking a shot with Watkins to reclaim his former glory. It did say after that that, you know, I think they were getting on him because the rookies were coming in there like Miko Henderson, all these guys were beating him in drills. And they were like, dude, come on, let's go. You're Sammy Watkins. Let's go. And he's like, you know, because he's like, he's like uh, taking an Iverson attitude. It's practice. 
when you when you when I'm hearing that in the offseason, I'm like, man, and you're letting that kind of a story get out. Okay, I don't think I can trust him as my wide receiver too. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just he had a couple of games last year that it looked like okay, he still got something. Matter of fact, it was the playoff game. He had he had a couple of big plays in the indie game, and that game was snow. I, I even give you that. But in the in the in the Patriots game, the next week he had a hundred yards in that game, four for one fourteen on eight targets. So that's the kind of game you Look, need to have to to even make it worth it. Yeah, look, I don't know, but he hasn't shown much since his first two years in the no. league, and we're yeah. still kind of living off that. And yeah, we are. That's yeah. the thing. Uh, that's the thing. Sometimes we watch these guys, and we know there's talent there. We don't always know what their work ethic is. Some guys are just kind of satisfied to be there. They're getting a check and they're not putting in the work. And sometimes we don't know that we, we find out a lot after their career's over or people have ties to the team to let you know, like, Hey, I got a buddy who knows him and nah, it's not happening. He's just not right. working as hard as the other guys. And you know, that's what makes fantasy sometimes difficult because I mean, Watkins, we, he flashed big time as a 21 and a 22 year old in Buffalo. And it looked like he was on a nice pace and look, Look how many he's changed teams now too. You know that's that's a telltale sign too. It's just not. Uh, there's a, been a lot of off season stuff that just it makes you feel like, like he, there's been some weird tweets. It just makes you feel like wow, he, football is not his passion. When you're making millions of dollars playing football, you know, and that's your thing. That's where it's like, man, this better be your your desire because it's so. They're, everybody's gunning for your spot. Everybody's trying to stop you on the other side of the ball and everybody's gunning for your job. And so you really need to take this stuff seriously. Marquez Valdez, Scandling, Enfield, Harry, he better be right about these guys because if Watkins is your two, you got to be right about him. And then you better be right about one of these guys because the season can really get away from you fast if you don't get that wide receiver thing figured. And look, he's firing away at him now. He has to. He's, he's uh, Valdez, Scandling, Harry, and Campbell, three of the last four picks. So that's what you got to do when you've, when you've taken so much. Because he is going to beat you um, if you're going to start with all those running backs. You know, he should be, he should be uh, beating you at the, at the running back position. So let's see how he does. Let's, let's, Adam, I really appreciate you uh, staying on, man. It's been uh, great, for, great to have you here. Do you want to you stick around for one more team, or do you got things to do? Yeah, I got to get something to eat. All right. <laughs> he's got to have food, man. And he's done a couple of hours already on the radio. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Red versus blue, it's always a great time. Thanks for being a part. We'll get we'll get some of these drafters on the show next. Definitely. No problem, man. Enjoy the rest of the draft. Have a good night. All right. Adam Ronis, you can catch him on the premium forums. Look, these are the guys that we've got uh, standing by. They get alerts on their phones when you ask a question uh, about your waivers, about trades, about who do I start. They're there on Sunday mornings, uh, and they live and breathe this stuff for us at full time to uh, be there for you. And it's not easy because sports is 24-7, and they're always there for you guys uh, to help out with less. A lot of times, look, you're on the fence. you got a couple of guys. You just need that Rolodex. You need to be able to pull out that Rolodex and ask a question. Let me get a sip. We'll be right back uh, right after this break. Hey, everybody, Adam Ronis here to let you know that the 5th Annual Dynasty Football World Championships are back. That's right. We're taking Dynasty Leagues to the next level. Cost is $299 to play. Over $2,400 in league prizes with a $10,000 grand prize. Grab a startup or adopt an orphan at a discount. Each year, you keep your entire team and add to your team through an annual six-round rookie draft. Visit DynastyKing.com to jump in and take your shot at becoming the next Dynasty King. Visit DynastyKing.com for more info. That's DynastyKing.com. All right, we're back, everybody. Man, what is everybody doing in this draft tonight, man? It's Friday night. 
Uh, we just got back from some ice cream, uh, breaking breaking the rules of the diet. It's the summertime. The boys, I, look, you, you guys haven't uh, caught up with me a lot. Simon and Elston, 14 and 12 already. Can you believe that? I mean, they were babies when we started Red versus Blue. They were babies. And I remember Mike Trent coming to my house in Indianapolis, and we would head up to Chicago for the NFFC drafts. That was really cool back when they used to have those drafts in Chicago. They don't have them anymore. But it was our way of getting together. And he was holding, you know, he, he would come by and hold the baby. I was like, don't drop him, Mike. Don't drop him. Uh, and I had him decked out in all the Jets jerseys, the Chad Pennington Jets jerseys back in the day. I mean, those, those kids were uh, babies, and now they're 14 and 12. And uh, I've, I've raised these kids and, and built these leagues and, and, and had this show at Red versus Blue for 11 years now. And, and, and it's been with the crew here in the chat room. It's been a lot of fun. Haven't been doing it as much as I'd like to do it. Because of work, man, they, they turn this fantasy thing into work. Um, hasn't hasn't been as easy, but um, glad to be back and loving to do it. And, and hopefully, we can do it a little bit more uh, on some of these Friday nights. Let's let's take a look at daily double Jerry Bryant team. Very good player here. Daily double Michael Thomas at wide receiver two. By the way, if any of you guys that are in the drafts want to dial in and give us a call, the phone number is six four six 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 eight eight one four seven. If you're in the chat room and the crew and you, you see something in the draft you'd like to talk or anything at all or just want to catch up with me, happy to do it. Uh, that's what this is for. That, uh, this is for to, uh, to, to catch up with all the, the crew here and the high-stakes players. We started this together. We're still doing it uh, in, in year 11. Daily Double, Jerry Bryant, Michael Thomas at wide receiver two. Melvin Gordon is falling now at 2-6 because of the news, and Sports Illustrated did an awesome um, interview with him last year when he was talking about Le'Veon Bell, and he's sitting there in his, in his living room, and he's like, pay the man. You got to pay the man. Shoot, I wouldn't, I, I'd, I'd hold out too. And how prophetic was that, that now it's coming back and saying he wants his contract. And do you believe that he deserves the contract? Do you be- believe that a guy should fulfill his obligation and then ask for a contract? Or do you believe it's well within his right to ask for a contract whenever he wants? I mean, he's the player. If he wants to hold out, he knows that there'll be a monetary penalty to holding out. And he's willing to do that uh, for the wear and tear on his body to get that new contract. It's a very shrewd decision. It's a very shrewd statement. Um, let's see if he actually does hold out. I'm almost, w- when you look at what happened to Le'Veon Bell, you would, you would, it would seem to think that, man, that didn't really work out the way you had hoped. And maybe that Le'Veon Bell was the precipitous for, for this type of, of, of thing, but here he is doing it to himself. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Damian Williams, Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry, Tevin Coleman, Geronimo Allison. Okay. So look, what we have here is three wide receivers in the first five rounds. That's team construction, two running backs. He's taking a shot on Melvin Gordon. I couldn't let Melvin Gordon go any further than that. It'd be very hard to do. You got Mike Evans sitting there though, but you took a wide receiver in the first, not knowing that Melvin Gordon would fall back to you there. So, you know, that's, that's, that's hard to know. Nobody knew that. He didn't know it, so uh, I, to- I totally get it. You know, that's, that's not easy to do. So Melvin Gordon, Damian Williams, Tevin Coleman is, are your three running backs. Everything to like about that as long as Melvin Gordon plays. Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup coming off an injury. We all saw what he could do in his rookie year. I'm a little concerned that when I have players like Godwin, Moore, and Lockett, I don't think I could take Cup there. And I was a huge Cooper Cup fan, and I have him in all these dynasty leagues, and I'm super ecstatic that he's back. I don't think I could do it. 
I just don't th- I just don't think I could because of of what I see and 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 I and 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 also there's a lot of balls to go around there in that offense, right? So I'm I'm a little concerned that that would be that would be happening here and and I'm just I, I feel I feel like with everybody knows by now that I I'm absolutely fanatical about DJ Moore and so uh there there's a lot to a lot to like there. I think at some point you have to say what am I getting with this Rams offense? And, and, and if Todd Gurley misses time or is not as productive, well, you know what? That's a bigger season for golf and his wide receiver. So I totally get it. Wide receiver 20. You can't complain about that. I mean, he could have a top 10 year. Uh, Tevin Coleman is the running back uh, at the sixth round as your RB three. So, Oh, and I, and I didn't even talk about Jarvis Landry. So Jarvis Landry is an interesting story. He gets, he has Baker Mayfield. He has a great thing going in comes Odell Beckham. Now he's drafted at wide receiver 27. Wide receiver 27, his ADP's wide receiver 29, his high is 51, his low is 71. So he's right there in the pocket of where he's being drafted. It makes a lot of sense to take him as your wide receiver three in the fifth round. There's nothing not to like about Jarvis Landry in the fifth round uh, as your wide receiver three. He's going to get a ton of targets. He's going to get a ton of receptions. He can make the big play. Yeah, his touchdowns are a little low, but those things, those things, like everybody has said, sometimes they're high, sometimes they're low. Don't get too distraught about the touchdowns because he can make he can make plays. Now, Odell is the he's is the elephant in the room here. But if Mayfield is going to have the type of season that he's capable of having, which is a top five type of season, um, maybe that's a little too adventurous. A lot of people are putting him there though, uh, and if he has a top five fantasy season. He's putting up 30 touchdowns. So there's 30 touchdowns to go around. There'll be over 4,000 yards if you're top five, 4,300. Look, maybe not. Maybe top five is a little adventurous. 30 yards, 30 touchdowns, 4,200 yards. That's still top 10. It's still top 10. That's a lot of balls, most of which are going to go to Landry and Odell Beckham. It's a solid pick. He's undervalued, especially for guys like Sammy Watkins, Calvin Ridley being drafted in front of him, and Tyler Lockett. I think it's hard-pressed to say Tyler Lockett is going to put up better stats than Jarvis Landry. I'm not convinced. Good, solid, good, solid squad, Jerry. I really like what you did, man. Three running backs, three receivers. It's very safe, and you, you're, you're, you're well balanced. And look at what you're getting. You're still getting Wentz and Hooper later in the draft in the 10th and 11th round. That's smart. Uh, let's bring on a call from the 515 that's been on hold for a little bit. 515, you're on red versus blue. Hey, Scott, Chris Brown. How you doing tonight? Hey, brother, what's going on? Are you in RVB2 tonight? Yeah, I decided to sign up last night. Concert got rained out, so you need to get oh. a fix. Well, you know what? We haven't given um, the draft board yet any love because it was still getting going. Let's talk about that draft board yep. in RVB2 tonight. It's kind of like WCW and WWE now going at it the same night. Maybe we'll, this, this will be a tradition here. We'll have two competing drafts. Uh, what do you got going in this draft? Uh, I ended up with the seventh round overall and took uh, Don Monte Adams with the first pick and then came back Beautiful. with Cook, Henry, and Godwin. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. I, lo- I love Cook. I love Cook. You know, have you watched I, – I'm, I'm one of these nerds that, okay, you know, you're, you're working, you've, you're, you're, you're facilitating a draft or what have you, and I'll just sit there and watch, watch clips of old games uh, and old highlights of some of these players. And every time I watch Dalvin Cook, I come away like, my God – this guy is ready to explode if he can stay healthy in this offense. It was just, you know, look, it hasn't been a, a great start 
but there's so much to, to like there. What, what did you see in Cook that made you feel more comfortable than taking like Chubb or Evans or even Gurley that a lot of people are letting fall? I think just the Vikings have faith in them. They've boosted their offensive line, and I think they're going to be a run for his team this year. And I feel your pain as I, his rookie year, I took Gurley with the first overall, excuse me, David Johnson. Then I came back with Cook and lost yeah, both in the world. Yeah, the seventeen hundred dollar league. It was, <laughs> it wasn't a good day that day. Let's talk so, about Derrick Henry. Your th- year. Yeah, let's yep. talk about Derrick Henry. Your third pick. I love it. Uh, it's it's a very underrated pick. I know Pro Football Focus had him rated as like one of the top two running backs seasons for you know when they do all their grading and what have you. Uh, from a from a high stakes perspective, he really turned it on in the second half of the year and started to make people feel like, well, this is the guy. But why are we automatically to assume that it's going to go back and do this again, where we're going to have a first half, second half kind of Derrick Henry thing? If you're the if you're the Titans, didn't you kind of figure out what the recipe is to really making this team click? Yeah, Mariota's a bust, and I think he's better than that Corey Davis. I think they move they move oh. on from Mariota after this year. I think here they oh. trade him like Blake Bortles is who I contributed to him directly to, and they just they just move on. I look at other quarterbacks. Look at Mullen from Forty Nineers. That what he did. And there's plenty of talented backups. I think that can usually serve as a short term gap until they find a franchise quarterback in the future drafts. Look, I'm not totally blaming Mar- Mariota his fifth offensive coordinator in, in five years. Uh, now, can, mm-hmm. a, can a veteran do, uh, overcome that? Yes. We saw it with Matt Ryan. He overcame it, uh, came out of nowhere and came back. Uh, but, but it's a lot to ask. You, you, you're not able and, – and, and also, I mean, who has been his best receiver since he's been there? Uh, I think last year was uh, – no, Sergeant Matthews was injured last year. was young <laughs> Okay, so it's it's got somebody that's not even in the league anymore, basically, right? So he they haven't really given yeah. him the cupboard has been pretty bare. I love AJ yep. Brown. I, I I drafted him in a Debbie league, my only Debbie league. I had him all last year, so I watch him. You know, in those are you play any Debbie yet, bud? I've uh, been looking to get it. You guys gonna start offering those? I should, I should. It's a lot of fun because you have your dynasty draft, you have your rookie draft, and then maybe a month before the season starts, when you start to get the, the college thing going, the college news going, you have what's called a, dev, a developmental round, and it's one round. Everybody gets one pick. You can trade those picks, too. They have value, and you get to hold one college NFL-ready player that's going to be you know NFL-eligible the following year. Uh, you get to um, you get to draft them, and I and I held AJ Brown last year, and I watched him, and and it's just it's just fun because it gives you a reason if you're not a big college football guy, you've got a, you've got a, a next fantasy star, you're kind of pot invested. I had Miles Sanders and AJ Brown all, so they're getting a good player here. The Titans are, and it'll be interesting to see how they work that in. They've got a great third wide receiver now. I won't even drop any names. But they've got a great third. They've got a, a number one. They've got a number two, and they've got they got two guys on the outside. And they got a guy on the inside, and he gets your tight end back. And now you've got this running back. I think there's I think Mariota's season might be saved just because I think there's a lot of potential here. Finally, the cupboard has some pieces. And I think too they may be starting to meet you with a two tight end set, especially with Juno Smith as uh, he showed last year when Lunk went down. It wouldn't surprise me if they started getting more creative and utilizing the two tight end set. That's what's going to get the job done. Yeah. Well, and look, and you got Chris Godwin. We already broke him down. You've got a good squad going. I see you're getting ready to go on the clock. Really appreciate you calling in, man. I'm glad to hear from you. I know you've been working your tail off. Uh, mm-hmm. What concert were you going to go to? Uh, 
uh, Trent Goo Goo Dolls, and then oh, Bunny. what a concert! Oh, they should have with yeah. rain. Is that all they canceled it for? Just with rain? Had to be uh, lightning or something. It was, uh, yeah, no, it was up north, so that's concert up going on. But oh well. Hey, uh, a quick note: you said that Pittsburgh's time of wasteland. Or it's just a clutch right now. Uh, don't be surprised if there's a rookie that takes that slot position and catches at least 65 plus catches this year. Oh, I won't. I won't drop the name, but I think everybody listening can tell who you're talking about, man. Good luck. Good luck the rest of the draft, mm-hmm. bud. You guys have a good night. All right. That's Chris Brommel, Harry Mary Monks. If you've played Dynasty in the FFWC or DFWC, you have seen that name, and you've probably gotten a lot of trade offers. Uh, I don't know about as many this year. Um, but he has been um, a staple, a staple in the dynasty community. Let's move on to fantasy noob, fantasy noob here. Uh, I love the name fantasy noob. Let's see if he's putting up a, a, a noob kind of a season or what there is to like here. Um, he takes Devonte Adams, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, carry on Johnson falls to four nineteen. Uh, I'm sorry. RB19, 4-5, and Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 28 in the fifth round. Um, You got to love this start. I think most fantasy players who are looking at this team would say, you know what, sign me up for that. The fact that he's taking, he gets Aaron Jones at RB15, that's right about where he goes always. He's getting on Johnson at RB19. The draft is just kind of falling for him right about where everybody goes. Now, Tyler Boyd is the only interesting pick. Would you take Tyler Boyd over Allen Robinson, Robbie Anderson, Alshon Jeffrey, Dante Pettis? That's that tier. Uh, In the FFWC, people have been uh, letting Tyler Boyd fall to wide receiver 30. It's right there where he's taking him. He's taking him at wide receiver 28, so he's taking him right there. Allen Robinson is the one that it looks like people didn't really like tonight. And, and I totally get that when you, when you're looking at Allen Robinson, he didn't really have the comeback season that you thought he would. And it wasn't because of the knee. It wasn't because of the knee. He had other injuries uh, throughout the season. He had other injuries uh, that he played through, uh, but it wasn't the knee. And it was, it didn't look like it was a loss for speed. It just didn't look like the chemistry was all the way there. Uh, but you get another year in this offense. I think we could see a little bit of that Allen Robinson come back. Uh, this team, though, a lot to like about it. You get those three running backs. He does need to. He's, he's committing the same issue, though, that we saw earlier, two wide receivers in the first five rounds. Can you overcome two wide receivers in the first five rounds? It's very tough to do in the FFWC format. Most of these guys that are getting these checks every year they're not letting wide receiver fall that much. Typically, I'm not seeing two wide receivers in the first. You're seeing at least three. Uh, and if you only do two, what, what's going on with six, seven, and eight that make you feel like you still don't need wide receiver? Now your wide receiver three is Josh Gordon and your wide receiver four is Dante Moncrief? Maybe you're right. You look, you're, you're totally swinging for it here, Mora. You're totally swinging for it with Josh Gordon as your three because you know you're not going to get him maybe until late in the season if maybe he gets his act together. Uh, and Moncrief, um, it, I, everybody on the Pittsburgh fan sites are all talking Moncrief, 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 and I'm the, I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I'm Washington, Washington, Washington. 
I watched Washington in college. I think what, what he brings to the table is way more convincing than what Moncrief has brought to the table over the years. Great in camp, great in the preseason. Once he gets out there with the big crowd in the NFL, it doesn't seem like he puts it together. We'll see. He does get Kyler Murray there in the 11th. That's interesting. Look, he's, you're swinging. You're doing a lot of swinging here. You get O.J. Howard at tight end. That's a great tight end to have this year. But I got to tell you, team construction, man, I, I keep harping on it over and over and over. I want you guys to win. I, every single time I'm looking at a, at, a, at a team and I'm breaking it down and I'm talking to you, uh, I want you to win. I want you to put together drafts that win. And you got to start three wide receivers every week. Now, listen, when I say you got to start three wide receivers, it's, it's, it's harder than that. You've got to start three wide receivers the week that Devontae Adams pulls a hamstring or, or only gets you one point because he goes out in the first quarter or something stupid like that happens. You still got to get your other wide receivers going. And now you're counting on Boyd, Josh Gordon, and Moncrief to pull the weight. Uh, what about Devontae Adams' bye week? You need those three wide receivers. What about your flat-out bad picks? You ever look back at your draft board and say, oh, my God, what did I do here? Only half my picks were any good. That's what you're going to have come September, bros. You're going to have a lot of bad picks on the board. We all draft them. Half these picks are going to suck, okay? And that's why team construction is more important or equally important as player selection. you got to make it through the bye weeks you got to make it through the injuries. You have to make it through the flat-out bad weeks. And last but not least, you got to make it through the bad picks, the guys that just don't have it anymore or just didn't bring it this year. They're thinking about their wife cheating on them or they've got personal issues at home or they're going through some serious medical issues in the family or they're thinking about their contract or they can't get along with the receiver coach this year, or something, or something, or something. The list goes on and on and on. And that's why there's so much rotation in this league. There's so much going on. Your knees, your back, your injuries, you play through them, but you're still out there on the field. So uh, I think you really have to have, you really have to have more wide receiver depth. Look at the teams traditionally, that no, you got to have three and four wide receivers in those first six and seven picks. You got to do it, okay? Trust me when I say, and, and, and I'll tell you what, I've asked for these stats from Mike uh, at Fanstar. Shout out to Mike at Fanstar. By the way, shout out to our facilitators, Roy. I know Roy is facilitating one of the leagues. I'm not sure who's facilitating the second. I haven't had a chance to check. Probably Roy doing both, double duty. Really appreciate these guys. They do a lot for us. They're always helping you guys out with your picks when you time out, when the computer happens, when the software glitches, something like that. There's always something. They're always there for you to help. Uh, definitely use the player queue. You always get the, the player at the top of your list. But, yeah, look, you got to have those wide receivers. That's why I tell you this. The FFWC format, start three. We don't, you don't get bailouts in this, in this format, right? This format does not bail you out with extra scoring for tight ends or starting only two wide receivers. You have to start three, and you have two flex, and there's no bonus for tight ends. There's no bailouts at that wide receiver position. So please do heed my advice and do your best to get some wide receivers 
We'll take a quick break. Let me get a sip. We'll, we'll come right back with the 646 area code. Hey, everybody. Adam Ron is here to let you know that the fifth annual Dynasty Football World Championships are back. That's right. We're taking Dynasty Leagues to the next level. Cost is $299 to play. Over $2,400 in league prizes with a $10,000 grand prize. Grab a startup or adopt an orphan at a discount. Each year, you keep your entire team and add to your team through an annual six-round rookie draft. Visit DynastyKing.com to jump in and take your shot at becoming the next Dynasty King. Visit Dynasty DynastyKing.com. For more info, that's DynastyKing.com. All right, we're back at Red versus Blue. This is Friday Night Football. We're back. We do this league every year, the online championship. You have the draft board. You get to relax. Hopefully you have a drink. There is no Mike Trent tonight. I wish he was here so we could get his commentary. But we're going to bring on the 646 area code. I think that's our good buddy, the fantasy exec. Uh, exec, what do you think of this draft tonight, bro? Oh, well, i actually sitting in the car, but I have taken a peek at the draft board, and uh, good to see some of the things that um, are going on. But I will tell you, you see those five running backs go at the top of the draft automatically. You see that, you know, they're definitely a premium on that. But if you look at some of those wide receivers in round number two, that's a nice little load. Yeah, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, at the back half of the draft, when those guys were just first-round picks this year, I think when you see Mike Evans and Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen all going to players who drafted one of the top five running backs, it's a little unfair. It's like, what is going on on the other side of that draft that made these players, Evans, Brown, and Allen, all now be considered second tier? It's because you go running back wide receiver in the first round, and in the second round you're like, shoot. Let me get one of these round two running backs. Then they come back with wide receiver. It's almost like the inverse. Yeah, I mean, you got Odell Beckham in that second round, too, and I believe I saw Julio Jones there, Julio Jones there also. I think, obviously, everybody likes Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams. Is it time for those guys to jump some more to establish wide receiver stars? I'm not quite sure yet. Yep. I know when I'm at the back, I haven't, I haven't done too many drafts where I'm at the back, but I'm snagging Odell in one. Um, I think, you know, guys like Melvin Gordon and stuff should be there, but uh, definitely seen a lot of value on those wide receivers in the second round. Maybe this is a year to start wide receiver, wide receiver, but it's hard to ignore those big backs at the top of the board. Exec, uh, look, uh, give people uh, – uh, look, everybody that's listening in this, in this draft, they're probably sitting at home with their headphones on or their computer speakers, and they're chilling watching the draft or they're drafting in a league, and they're listening to all this commentary – what are you doing? I know you're in the city. You're doing something. Everybody, what, what, what is this exec doing on a Friday night? <laughs> I had to make a quick little run to the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. I had to, uh, I had some tickets laying around the house that I need to cash yeah. in. So this was an opportunity to do it tonight. So I head on out here and, um, you know what I mean, coming back with a couple extra ducats in my pocket. A little late night trip to Jersey, but it's not a bad idea. Good times, you know what I'm saying. Had me one beer, and now we back on our way into Manhattan. Was it a 40? You have a 40? Or no, it... God, no. <laughs> <laughs> those days are over. <laughs> those days are over, man. When you, when yeah, you, those you, days you are going, the... bro. And I know you're still a young cat. Let, let's, let's, let, me, let, me add, let me pick your brain on this team real quick, and I'll let you get back on you with your Friday night. Uh, we're moving on to Black Lab's team here. He's a, he's a great player, Daryl Hodges. He starts with Le'Veon Bell. We just talked, you tough, and I, about tough, Le'Veon tough, Bell the other night. To, he's tough to compete against. Um, you he, have to compete against my man, Black Labs. I've been in some leagues with him, and, and he brings it each and every Sunday. So when, you, when you're when duking it out with him, you know you're in for a tough run. But um, Lev Bell, 
Yeah, Lev Bell, Odell Beckham. Even if he would have went Odell Beckham, Lev Bell, it might have worked out the same. It didn't really matter. So Derrick Henry, Kenny Galladay, Pat Mahomes, Chris Carson, D.D. Westbrook, Eric Ebron. Nothing, nothing not to like there. Derrick Henry. I'm not the biggest Derrick Henry supporter. I think, you know, this year you may see him get a little bit more of the workload, but I don't trust the quarterback in Mariota. They're coming into a new system yet again. Henry hasn't really shined in the way I suspect him to yet, but it depends on roster construction. What other running backs are on the team outside of Bell and Henry? Well, he, he got uh, Carson in the sixth, so he already he shored everything up with Carson in the sixth, right? I mean, he's going to get his regardless. No, Carson will get his. You know, maybe I maybe if Black Lab is on him, maybe I need to be on Derrick Henry. I'm just not, you know, the, the biggest Derrick Henry supporter. But, you know, guys like Galladay, Pat Mahomes, is, 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 you know, I'm quite sure he got him as the first quarterback off the board, but that's a good spot. That was another name that I heard. But um, I think Galladay is a guy that can have a breakout season this year, and that's a nice steady piece to go along with Odell because roster construction is so important. Yeah, Derrick Henry finishes with 215 carries, only 15 receptions. That's what everybody dislikes about the whole deal. Uh, but his carry load definitely went up. In the last five games, 10 carries, 17, 33, 21, 16. And they made a push toward the playoffs there with, with, those, types of, uh, with those types of carries. So if, if they learned anything. Those last two weeks of the season, uh, week, you know, weeks 15 and 16, 15 he came and 16. up real big bonus. Yeah, right. you know, but the thing the thing about it is the, the the first half of the season. Listen, if you were a Derrick Henry owner last year, and he had that big when he had that big game, it's a good chance he was on your bench. On your bench. That ninety nine yard run. Yep. Yep. Week fourteen against the Jaguars, seventeen two thirty eight four. He was on a lot of benches, man. And and, and the one league that I had him in, I I lost anyway. So. Uh, no, yep. He was. That was a good week if you had him in best ball going down yeah. the stretch. But you know when you're setting a weekly lineup every week. You know, Henry was a guy that was so inconsistent last year, and mainly throughout the course of his career, we've seen some flashes, but you don't know what that offense is going to be like in Tennessee. Yeah, I, I would have had to have taken Mac there, but hey, it's just one pick. Maybe it works out. It's not going to – it shouldn't It shouldn't be your, your death cycle. But let's talk before you go about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes uh, had an absolutely fantastic season. Everybody knows that. But where and who – do? You, when do you decide to take Pat Mahomes – when is he worth the pick? Because statistically, if you look at the numbers, well, he could be worth a, a, a fourth-round pick, you know, if not a little earlier. So wh- people are still reserved because of the tremendous value, but you're still beating the competition with Pat Mahomes regardless. You look at the, the, the – see, so here's the thing. You figure, amazingly, Tyreek Hill is going to seem like he's going to uh, probably get a, 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 a suspension that's not as lengthy as we once thought it would be, right? So you still, if you give a discount and you don't like the situation with, with Hill not being there for maybe three or four games or whatever the case may be, maybe you do it on that five six turn. But I'm comfortable on the four five turn. I wouldn't do it in the middle of the in the middle of the draft because you know I think you should think the better shot at drafting quarterbacks early is on that end. So um, I look at those teams right there. Maybe that team that picks one two. Maybe that team that pick eleven twelve. If I'm in that spot, I'll take the shot on Mahomes because at that point. When you come back, you can double up those picks again, and you can kind of, you know, still they're taking the quarterback early won't hurt you as much, in my opinion. That's how I normally play it when I when I grab a quarterback like Mahomes early in the draft. Last question before I let you go, uh, Exec. Everybody uh, values your opinion. 
uh, one player that you think can shock the world. I want a New York shock the world pick from the exec on red versus blue. Oh, boy, shock the world pick. You got to figure – you know, with, with so much information in fantasy right now, it's hard to say that it's somebody's okay. going to shock the world or something. But That's what okay. I will say is this. You're going to have a situation where somebody's going to be lining up opposite a Juju Smith-Schuster in that Pittsburgh offense, whether that's James Washington or Dante Moncrief. That's one of the things I saw tonight. I saw Washington go as a pick 40, as, as the 46 wide receiver off the board. I saw where yep. Moncrief went as the 52nd. Moncrief yep. is a proven touchdown scorer who, you know, outside the year when Andrew Luck was hurt, we've seen him do some things. You know, obviously the situation in Jacksonville, not really the best. But you put him in that offense, all the great wide receivers they've created. James Washington has the draft capital, but that experienced veteran and Dante Moncrief may be able to come in there except under that situation. I like him. And then you also got to think either Geronimo Allison or Marquise Valdez-Scantling should also give a nice compliment in that passing attack in Green Bay. You know, so basically we want to see who's on the other side of those wide receivers. And I think either one of those players can have, uh, you know, Allison, Scantling, Moncrief, or um, uh, James Washington. I think either one of those four can have breakout-style seasons this year. Yeah, somebody has to do it because Roth, you know, if he plays, if he finishes a 16-game season, that's a lot of balls to go around. And maybe it's Vance McDonald. That's what um, that's a, a lot of people are, are warming up to Vance McDonald. If you look at his ADP, it's rising fast. Tonight it was tight end eight. Tight end that's eight. He's, he's climbing up Where the board. And that's FFW. Uh, well, Herndon with the suspension, tight end 18. Tight end 18. Yep. Uh, He's a guy yep. that people are sleeping on too. That could be a favorite yep. target of um of Sam Donald. I love it. I uh, he, he, hey he plays really he's, he's great in Madden man. My kids love it. He's uh, him, him <laughs> and Robbie they, they they own the game. Hey exec, it was good to catch up with you brother. We'll talk to you soon. My man. All right, that was the fantasy executive. You might be seeing a lot more of the exec around these parts, especially in the FFWC. You'll definitely see him in some draft rooms. Uh, he definitely puts his chips, uh, puts his chips in the game and lets him, uh, and, and takes a shot like the rest of the high stakes community here. Um, we've got Canadian geese blame para to break down here. That's the, the three time champion, 15, 16 and 17 Connor Gurley Diggs, woods, Lindsay, Jeffrey, Howard Tate. Okay. Finishes up with Njoku and cook drew Brees. Tight end and, and, and quarterbacks are coming together, even if you're waiting. He gets four wide receivers, only two in the first five, though. And so what do I know? Two in the first five and Canadian geese. I, I've been saying don't take just two in the first five. Uh, he's taken three running backs, two wide receivers. But remember, though, it's different. He's taken Jeffrey and Tate here in six and eight. It's not like he's abandoning like some of these other teams are going six, seven, and eight without a, tight, without a wide receiver. And I'm like, what are you doing? So – he, he's at least fixing the problem and saying, I got to get some wide receivers, Jeffrey and Tate, pretty safe options too. He's not taking a lot of shots with that number three and that number four. Again, that's team construction, right? He's not taking Jeffrey is going to get his and, and, and when he had wins, I know everybody doesn't like Jeffrey. I know I get it. He's been in the league for a while. You've seen the name a lot. You, you kind of want the next flashy star player. Uh, but Alshon Jeffrey Still wide receiver 25 last year, uh, if not a little higher. Uh, 65 for 843. Didn't play the first three games. 
And look at how many balls he was catching at the end of the season. Week 14, six. Week 15, eight. Week 17, five for a touch. Week eight, uh, week 18, the wild card, six for 82. He's catching the ball. A couple of weeks with uh, Carson Wentz, eight for 105, eight for 74 and two, seven for 88 and one. When, when Wentz w- was in the game, he loves Jeffrey. There's a lot to like. So I think people write off the solid receiver when they want it, would rather take a shot with a sexy pick. And uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to talk. I'm, I've been sitting here talking about DJ Moore. Um, so I, I totally, I totally get that. Um, but look, Diggs, Woods, Jeffrey, Tate. There's not a lot of question marks on that team. That's what you want. There's not a lot of question marks on that, that team. That's the kind, of, the, the, the kind of season you want to kind of put together, the kind of core that you want to put together there. That's it. That's the formula. Players that you know you could start week in and week out. Diggs is going to get his. Woods is going to get his. Jeffrey's going to get his. Tate <clears throat> Cho, he, he's going to get his, even though we don't like, well, you got to hold your nose. I know that's what Blaine's doing. He's holding his nose and he's taking him in the eighth round because he could go for Valdez Scantling. who's going to get two or three catches a week. Golden Tate's probably going to be Eli or, or the, whoever the quarterback is. It's, he's going to be there. Probably the, the, the favorite target right there with Shepard and Ingram right there. All three of those guys are going to be five catch guys. They're going to get you five catches a game. Five for 70, five for 65 in a touch. So you've got 11 in a bad week, 17 to 20 in a good week. That's the kind of pick you want in the eighth round. Filling in your lineup still. Filling in the lineup. Take your shots either, you know, wisely or take them early. Uh, or, I'm sorry, later. Take them, take them wisely or take them later. James Conner, Todd Gurley, Philip Lindsay, Jordan Howard. It's a lot to like. It's a good team. Now, look. I'm not on the girly train, and I haven't really talked to you guys about this much. I'm not on the girly train. I can't, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, so that's it, right? I'm, I'm just not going to take the shot because what I don't want is to have to start him because he's gutting it out. I don't want the guy that's gutting it out on my roster, okay? That's not what I want. I don't want the guy that's gutting it out trying to help the team, trying to play the decoy, doing all that jazz, right? I don't want that. Not me. I want a player that I know I can count on. Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. I don't want Todd Gurley. I just don't want him. I just don't want him. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. I'd rather. I'd just rather not take – but I'll tell you – he he, get, he starts to get interesting when you can pair him with one of the other stud running backs that you take in the beginning of the draft. That's where he starts to become interesting. I typically couldn't even take him then because I, I see all these awesome wide receivers like Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton. Those are solid players. I probably want that tier to be gone. And I probably don't want I'm, – I'm, I'm probably looking at him in the third, and I'm probably not going to get him there because it's just not going to happen anymore. Todd Gurley's ADP in the FFWC. Have you seen this? In the online championships, he goes a little early. I mean, he's, he's uh, RB10, wide, uh, pick 17. So it's right about where he's going. I can't do it. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't spend that pick. On the guy that we saw in the second half there with, with all those games where he just didn't get the coaches staff didn't put him in the Super Bowl, 
those 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 games over and over. We're sitting there like we're we're trying to figure it out. He's not right. He's not right. Well, nothing has been solved. That's the problem. Nothing has been solved. And so, yes, you can look that he put up the numbers, but from week 14 on, 11 for 23, 12 for 48. Now he did have 10 catches that day that game against Philly, so let's scrap that. Sat out against Arizona, sat out against San Fran, 16 for 115 and a touch. There's a 24. That's a that's a that's a 17 point game with two catches for three yards. That's a 19 point game from your second round pick. That's as good as it got for him since the injury against Dallas. 16 for 115 and a touch. That's your second round pick. At New Orleans, the biggest game of their new career and, and existence in L.A., four for ten in a touch. One catch, three yards. I mean, and it's still the same injury. Ten for 35 in the Super Bowl. One reception. Everybody said he's going to get more work. He's going to get more work. He's going to get more work. Ten for 135. I can't I can't forget that. When I've got sure things, sure things right there in my lap. As much as sure things can be, Odell Beckham, Melvin Gordon is a uh, holdout, obviously, Nick Chubb, Mike Evans, sure thing. What is everybody letting Mike Evans fall to Bada Bing for like that? Scarnetti's walking to the bank, he's laughing about it. Antonio Brown, even though he's not on with Ben Roethlisberger, you don't think Antonio Brown's gonna get the ball over and over and over again? What else has David Carr got to do? What else would you do if you're David Carr and Jay Gruden? I mean, if they don't throw it to Antonio Brown 10 times a game, something is wrong. Or more, a lot more. Uh, good job, Blaine Para. I like the squad. Next up, Javelinas, Kurt Kikas. Happy birthday, Kurt, again. Your 2018 champion. Let's take a look at what he's done. Julio Jones. Dalvin Cook, Devontae Freeman. He was our bust pick last year, if you remember. Uh, we release our bust every year. Devontae Freeman was our bust. And for the reasons that he can't stay healthy, the concussions scare us. We won't spend an early pick on him. We hope you listened. We were right about it. We weren't, we're not always right. Um, we, we have been pretty good at our busts, though. We have been pretty good at our bust picks. Our breakout picks, we have not hit at the um, – Lou Tranquilly level. Everybody remember Lou Tranquilly, the guy who watches two games every 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 every, every game twice and uh, came out with the ADPs. Lou Tranquilly, Hakeem Nix, breakout player of the year, first half of the first game in Vegas when we're out there on Sunday. Hakeem Nix, two touchdowns in the first half. And Lou Tranquility, Lou, Lou Tranquility <laughs> cements his name as the prognosticator. What a what a call. What a call. Uh, Kurt Kikas. Let's take a look at this squad. You won last year. Let's see what you do this year. 
Pavelinas takes Julio Jones, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Freeman, Brandon Cooks in the fourth round at wide receiver 17. That feels like pretty good value. Brandon Cooks is going at wide receiver 16 in the FFWC, pick 38 on average. So that's right about where he got him. Allen Robinson, Dante Pettis. Kiki Kuti, Deshaun Watson. See, there you go, guys. You want to know why Kurt Kikis cashes checks? Not just because of Mike Santos is his partner. Uh, he knows how to draft a winning team, and that looks pretty good. Five wide receivers in the first seven picks. Five wide receivers in the first seven picks. That's how you win in the FFWC format. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry I'm giving out the, 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 uh, the secret sauce, but that's how you do it. And is he hurting at running back? Dalvin Cook, Devontae Freeman? I would have taken Mack. But a healthy Devontae Freeman will put up numbers. And what's not to like about Dante Pettis right now, right? With what he showed in the second half of the season with getting Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's the one thing not to like. Uh, there's not any chemistry yet that I've seen. We don't know if chemistry exists between Garoppolo. We don't know what the style of Jimmy Garoppolo is. Is he a guy that once he gets this role in San Fran, are they going to be spreaded around like the offensive coordinator suggests? You got Kittle. He gets a lot. Is Pettis stepping up to be the number one when there's a lot of question marks around that? You've got some good uh, rookies coming into the league, but Pettis is a second-year guy. Was the number one in, in Washington in college. And most people will tell you that John Ross was a better receiver for the Huskies in college than Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis was straight line speed. Let's see if he can develop uh, the rest of his game. It looks like he, 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 is, he has that explosive ability that you're paying DJ more price for right now in the fourth round. You can get that explosion in the sixth round with Dante Pettis. That's what Kirk Kikis Havelinas would tell you. That's what he did tell you. His tight ends are Kyle Rudolph and Trey Burton. I'm not a big fan of either of those guys um, for, for whatever reason. In the 11th round, would I have taken Kyle Rudolph there? No, I would have taken Mark Andrews. Uh, but who, I mean, that, who cares? Would I have taken Trey Burton there? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I would have just waited and taken, uh, went for, Haw no, Hawkinson went in the 12th. Okay. Hawkinson is another guy that I think everybody's sleeping on. I think he will be a big part of that offense, actually. He can catch 50 balls. Rookie year, Chris Herndon, fifteenth round, but he's going to miss four games. So look, I don't, I don't mind it. Look, it's just, it's just, it's just tight ends. Who cares, right? Who cares if you don't get one of the top ones? All these guys have this five for sixty type of game in them, and it's going to be hard for you to predict when that's going to be. I mean, unless you're playing DFS and you're micromanaging and you can pick any of them, but in season long you can't do that. So they're all going to end up with similar numbers, and which ones have the upside to get you a touchdown? Well, Kyle Rudolph definitely does that. He can he can get you touchdowns on any given Sunday. So you got to be watching what Havelinas is doing every single draft. Take notes, write it down, and, and check it out. Let's see what he let's see what he does this year. Last team, the twelve hole, Hub City. You know I love drafting from the ten and the eleven. I get to watch what the eleven and twelve are doing and what they need, and then play off of them. Uh, Joe Mixon, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marlon Mack. Tyreek Hill, Robbie Anderson, Will Fuller, Marvin Jones, and Drew Luck. Eighth 
round pick. Well, that's why you don't take a quarterback early. <laughs> you get Andrew Luck in the eighth. You get Aaron Rodgers in the eighth. You get Deshaun Watson in the eighth. You get Baker Mayfield in the tenth. You get Matt Ryan in the tenth. You get Carson Wentz in the tenth. What do we do to fix this quarterback thing, guys? Is there anything to fix here, or is this just what the new fantasy leagues have become, where you can literally just Okay, that's what we like. We like to gobble up on running backs and wide receivers. I get it. But it feels like for somehow, some way, we need to make quarterbacks more important. But super flex is not the answer. I don't think super flex is the answer. If you have any suggestions, I'd love to hear them before the show ends, 646-668-8147. What do you do to make quarterbacks more important? Uh, Mixon and Mac, I love that combo. Juju, Tyreek, Robbie, love that start. Will Fuller, if he would have taken Dante Pettis there, Javelinas would be Javelina mad. He'd be hopping mad, okay? If he would have taken Pettis there or Jeffrey, I'd have loved that squad. But I'm just not a Fuller guy. I don't know why. Marvin Jones, safe pick. I get it. Coming back with Andrew Luck. I like it. And then you get Mark Andrews. I like it. Now, maybe you need another uh, tight end just to be safe here, but I like it. Really good squad for Phil Hartledge. And then, look, if I'm going to go back and look at some of these teams right before I go, Evil Empire, Anthony Vargas, you did one heck of a job here, man. You did one heck of a job here. You got, you got, uh, you got your wide receivers. You got, you got your players. A.J. Green, I'm not a huge fan of. But, look, who's to complain about A.J. Green in the third round? I mean, come on. Are we really, are we really there? Um, the other team I wanted to talk was right beside you, Tom Northrup. McCaffrey, Cooper, Ertz. More Drake. Okay, maybe you don't like Drake. Maybe I would have taken Mike Williams there and taken a third receiver. But look, Christian Kirk, Latavius Murray, Baker Mayfield. Some nice picks there. Some nice picks to win it all. It's hard not to like uh, those all those early teams when you have Zeke, McCaffrey, Barkley, and those receivers underneath you. Have you Kamara, all of them. It's hard not to like the first four guys. Do you all feel the same way? Do you all feel the same way when you look at that draft board that it's, that's hard not to like those guys? I do. It's pretty hard not to like them. So it's, it's a little, it's a little, it just makes you feel good on paper, right? Barkley, Hilton, Lockett, Mike Williams, you get Penny. I'm I'm a, I'm a Penny guy, so I like the Penny pick. Uh, maybe if I if it would have been Cohen, maybe I liked a little bit more. But I like the Penny pick. He could be a stud. Carson held him off the field, but that was a, that was his rookie season. He was that was his rookie season. Give him a break. Penny Penny has a lot to give this league. I think he'll be fine. I, th- I think he'll be fine. Penny, Kittle, you team those guys up with Mike Williams and Hilton and Barkley, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel. There's a lot of points there, guys. Russell Wilson in the 13th, Lamar Jackson in the 17th. John Anderson knows what the heck he's doing, guys. See, that's why I like these teams early on. I think if you get a top four pick, you're feeling pretty good about how the draft shakes out. Kamara, Antonio Brown, Thielen, Godwin, Ridley, Cohen, Freeman, McDonald, Hines. He's got a good start. Those guys have got a good start. It's going to be interesting because the former champions, Canadian Geese, Blaine Perra, Kirk Kikis, Javelinas, in the back half of the league, 
The former runner-up 2017, Phil Hartledge, is back there. The former runner-up 2016, Daily Double, Jerry Bryant, he's in the back half of the draft. And then you got all these teams in the top four just crushing it. Crushing it. Guys, this was a lot of fun. You guys have uh, pretty much the draft is underway. I really appreciate everybody being in the chat room. That was a lot of fun to watch you guys talk to Lance, talk to Fantasy Assassins. I saw you jump in there. Uh, is there a red versus two, a blue two draft board? I'll make sure they give you one if you don't have one. I'll put one in the chat before the end of the night uh, to talk about these guys. Let's Let's take a look at these teams in this draft here real quick. It's happening the same way. Barkley, Green, Kittle, Lindsey, Landry, McCaffrey, Damian Williams, Aaron Jones. Boy, three running backs start for straight out of squat. Uh, Ridley, Jeffrey, Henry. Team three got Zeke, Ertz, Hilton, DJ Moore, Kenyon Drake, Pat Mahomes. Look at that. Pat Mahomes, Elliott, Ertz, Hilton, and Moore all on the same team. I think I'm in love. That's amazing. Kamara and Gurley on the same team from Rosek. John Rosek, Kamara and Gurley on the same team with Keenan Allen and Tyree Kill and (laughs) Daryl Henderson. Wow. Wow. Those are some exciting teams. David Johnson, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett. David Montgomery is his RB2. Darius Geis. Hopkins, Chubb, Cooper, Mack, Mike Williams, Sutton for Team Black. We already had Harry Mary Monks on. Adams, Cook, Henry, Godwin, Robinson, Sanders. You're getting your three. Look, that's a solid team. Adams, Cook, Henry, Godwin, Robinson, Sanders. You got to like it. With Curtis Samuel in the seventh. Deshaun Hamilton. Nobody's talked about Deshaun Hamilton and, and the potential uh, year he might have in that offense. He had a great, great second half of the season. Uh, Harry Mary Monks takes Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray back-to-back in rounds 9 and 10 instead of grabbing a tight end with either of those picks. He wants to lock up two quarterbacks, two exciting quarterbacks, taking them off of the board for the rest of the league. It's almost like playing defense. You get one. And you feel like, you know what, I couldn't really decide which one I wanted, so I'm going to go ahead and take them both, just in case. Azuri takes Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Stefan Diggs. Now, see, he knows how to win. You may not like Donnie T. You may not like his style. You may think he's brass and crass and a little rough around the edges. But that dude knows how to draft. Four wide receivers. Tyler Boyd is his four in round six. Ingram, Michelle, James White, Deshaun Watson, Jared Cook. Yeah. Hey, this was a this was a fun time, man. This was a really fun time. I like I like these squads. Uh, Hulk smash. Michael Thomas, James Connor, Fournette, Jacobs. Boom! Just hits the running backs hard. Comes back with Cup and Kirk at his two and his three. I'd like to see it a little bit stronger or keep firing away. But then he's like, I can't, it's too tempting. He takes Ingram in the uh, seventh round. I get it. Ingram in the seventh, that shouldn't happen. I mean, it just doesn't feel, it feels too low. It feels way low to me. Now it's not. It just, it just feels low. Because that's where, that's his ADP. ADP of 76, tight end six, 
right there where he's taking him. Exactly right there where he's taking him. I love Andrew Luck in the eighth. It just feels really good. I used to have a, a golden rule. Remember the Peyton Manning fifth round rule? You see Peyton Manning in the fifth, you take him. That was fantasy back in the day. Quarterbacks are even more valuable now. And we're letting Andrew Luck slip to the eighth round. So something has changed. Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon, Edelman, Carrion Johns, and Robbie Anderson, Dante Pettis, Larry Fitzgerald. That's a solid team for Medlin. I mean, and he didn't do what I, what I, you know, he took only two receivers in the first five, but he follows it up with Pettis and Fitzgerald at least, and he, and he follows it up with Jackson and Moncrief. He's, he's piling on. That's what you have to do. If you don't take them, you have to do it. And Melvin Gordon continuing to fall to like 2-3, two, 2-6, two, or even further now. I mean, that's, that's the scary pick. When do you take Eckler? You have to take him in the seventh. He went 8-1 here in the red versus blue two draft for everybody at home. 8-1 for Eckler. Write that down. 8-6. So that basically says if you took Gordon, if you have to, uh, if you, if you got to handcuff him, you take him in the eighth round, but you might have to take him in the seventh if you're in the back half there and you take him, you know, you want to make sure that Somebody else doesn't grab him. Like here in Red versus Blue 2, he got sniped. Perp Buds takes Beckham. I love that name. Kelsey, Freeman, Woods, Cohen, Penny. Love those players. Golden Tate, Kiki Kuti. Uh, hey, you know what? It's, it's, it's solid players. It's a lot, of, a lot of solid players. Freeman is the question mark, but he is the starter in Atlanta. The draft board just wigged out here. Okay. And then the last uh, the last one, Bell, Schuster, Galladay, Cooks, Watkins, Davis. Love that squad. He just absolutely nailed it. He just absolutely nailed it. That's how you, that's how you put a team together, folks. That's how you put a team together. I like that a lot. Bell, Schuster, Galladay at 312, Cooks. If you're going to take Watkins, take him as your four. There you go. Corey Davis comes back with Royce Freeman. I think he, I think Royce Freeman will uh, outdo Philip Lindsay, so I'm not taking Lindsay over Freeman. I'm not taking Lindsay at all this year at all because he won't. I, I think Freeman, a healthy Freeman, actually will. I love Lindsay, by the way. He looked really good. I think he overperformed. I think he overperformed. I really do. Um, but he was he was hard not to like. But I like Royce Freeman coming back here. He's the one here that stole Eckler in the eighth. Samuels and Deion Lewis, solid solid squads. Guys, it was a lot of fun. I hope you had as much fun as I did. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, well, hopefully we can make more of a, of a routine here at Red vs. Blue and have on some great guests. Hopefully some of the players from the FFWC, you guys make the show. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.